What's up and welcome back to Bar Down Talking Hockey episode number 68 presented by the Barroom Network. My name is Vinny Parisi and I am extremely excited that today is National Hot Dog Day. And this right here, this is Frankie Mueller and he can't stop with the inconvenient minor injuries happening to him at least once a week. Frank, this is the 68th episode. That means next week is the 69th episode. So it's almost nice. It's almost nice. It's almost, almost there. Nice. We're almost there. Speaking of nice, that's a nice hat. I like Thank that. Hat. I got it in Door County, Wisconsin. I got it in preparation for the big bags tournament that has since come and gone. We had a great time. It was by far my favorite day of the summer so far. I was in awe all day long. And now I'm already looking forward to next year. So I threw it on for today. Isn't that hard to believe? It's almost been two weekends ago. I know. And, and you know, I, I'm not a Sunday scaries kind of person because, like, I wake up on Monday and think about, like, the next big baseball game. Like, that's just how, like, I live. I had the Sunday scaries the day after the bags tournament just because, like, 365 days till the next one. What is up, Scocks? Just came from Door County. Let's wow. go, Scocks. Where'd you stay, Scocks? Scocks. Make sure you put what in the Harvard chat where you stayed. What if he went what to uh, what if he went to Kangaroo problem. Lake? He could have. That's why I'm interested. We'll see what he says. Yeah, absolutely. I so, didn't mean to cut you off though. No, I mean I'm just Door County. I'm like, what? Yeah. I'm so excited for the bags tournament next year. And I'm so excited for Door County next year. I mean, those are two happenings in the summer that are just elite. They're elite. Did you notice I got a new hat? I I would have never guessed in a million years that that was new. Because it's a Blackhawks hat, but at the same time, like I can't recall ever seeing it before. So hell yeah, just describe where you got it and what it is. Well, my birthday was this past July seventeenth. That was Sunday, um, so I got this from Paula and Tom, and it's a very nice hat. I don't own a Blackhawks hat quite like this. It's very soft. I don't own any hat with this material, to be honest with you. Oh, uh, I like that. It's almost like it's too hard to explain. It's like soft, but it's not fur. It's like meshy. Yeah, but it's not even a mesh. It's like a, I don't know. You'd have to just feel it. It's like, it's almost like a seat, not a leather seat, but like one of those soft seats. Yeah. That are kind of furry, but imagine if there was no fur on those soft seats in like a car. Okay. I can't uh, wait to feel your hat. Yeah, but I don't own a hawk. And, and the back of it, I like the tomahawks. Oh, nice. Nice. That's a sick logo. That is, yeah. I, I'm waiting for them to make a jersey with that as the primary logo on it, even if it's just like a reverse retro. Like, you know how Vegas made the reverse retro yeah. with their shoulder patch on it? The Hawks with like a black jersey with that logo would be sick. I think it'll come eventually. Yeah, it very well could. And it, I don't know. He said, stayed by Green Bay, did some fishing at Sister Bay. We went to Sister Bay. Sister Bay is awesome. Yep. Sister Bay is awesome. We but passed Green Bay. Green Bay. Sucked. Um, I, I can't picture where he would fish. I don't know it that well where I could just be like, oh, Sister Bay, he's fishing here. Isn't Sister Bay where that beautiful sunset was? Yeah. Yeah, oh, that, yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. My phone background, bro. You know. Look my, it, You know more than I do. My phone background, bro. I took this picture. It looks like it was uploaded up Apple yeah, default that, pictures. I, but I took it. That wasn't where we went to. The it's Coke by the goats. The goats. The goats. Yeah, not the Coca-Cola place. 
No, not the Coca-Cola. Yeah. That they only have RC at Sister Bay. Everywhere in Sister Bay is RC okay? Is RC okay? It is. I, actually, it, I missed Pepsi. Yeah, I mean, it was RC, RC. When you get to a certain point, it's RC. You should just bring a can of Coke next year and just start uh, making a statement. Yeah, I'm bringing, I'm bringing Cokes. Scott so. said he's got a secret spot. I'd love to know the secret spot because we had a rough time catching fish early on in the trip. Yeah, um, I mean, we went when it was freezing, kind of. It was freezing for June. And my favorite part, honestly, one of the funniest parts of the entire trip, and there were some damn laughs, holy shnikes. But there was one part where I, it was just me and Katie sitting on a bench. You guys were like ahead fishing. And then Paula and Tom were over on the other bench. And I said to Katie kind of quietly because I didn't want to get made fun of. This feels like a situation where everybody starts clapping when the sun goes completely down. And she like, it sounded weird coming out of my mouth. I think she thought I was weird. It gives me vibes of like when the plane lands and everybody claps. Yeah, right, right. The, freaking, Did everybody the fucking sun went down and every person clapped. I looked at her and I went, let's go. Let's go. Did they really? I think me and Joey were on the pier. You were. It was an unbelievable moment because I predicted all these people clapping and I had never seen a sunset wow. in my life before that. So That's, that's wild. Great photo. Vibe. Great photo. Great experience. I can't wait to go back. Heck yeah, man. So, Scox, thank you for that. Frank, before we get into hockey in period number one, I want to talk to you about hot dogs. You like hot dogs? I do. I was actually trying to figure out, because we go by Tony every Wednesday, yep. what we're going to eat tonight, because it, it's different every week. But um, last week, I what did we have last week? Oh, we had uh, we had pizza last week. So, I'm thinking, like, I was wondering what we're going to have tonight. That, that could be a good idea maybe hot dogs i'm not the biggest hot dog guy because i want them like grilled or like i I don't like to boil hot dogs same um so if i have the opportunity i either want it grilled or i want it from a restaurant yeah we'll see but what do you got to ask me about them well i'm with you they're not on my mount rushmore of foods but i really like them i really like them in certain situations and it's the only thing wrigley field has better than guaranteed rate field it's just like a chicago style um, you know, Ch- Chicago or Guaranteed Rayfield has the Comiskey dog, and when you go there, you don't really have a hot dog on your mind. You have helmet right. nachos or pork sandwiches, or nachos. like you just go to Guaranteed Rayfield and you feel like you're more at a restaurant than a ballpark. So a hot dog isn't necessarily top of mind. The most ballparky food I get at Guaranteed Rayfield regularly is the Maxwell Street Polish, because when you walk into the stadium, you smell the onions, and sometimes you're just attracted to the stand that sells the polishes, but. I'm telling you, man, I like a good hot dog every now and then. I'm trying to think of, like, my favorite spots. I know by where you live, Nana's is incredible. Ooh, yeah. Um, my my girlfriend, Katie, grew up very close to Gene and Jude's in, I don't even, is it Rosemont? I don't even know what town it technically is. I'm, I have I'm no stupid. idea. It's near the Allstate Arena and, you know, a bunch of stuff over there, the oh. airport. But, um. I also really like there's a place in Bartlett, Illinois, which for those of you who don't know, Bartlett, Illinois is my favorite town on planet Earth for just no reason other than I, it's where I feel comfortable. And there's a place there called the Dog Father. 
and their yeah. logo is like the Godfather logo, but it's the dog father. I love dog, they, dog they make a good dog. They make a great dog. So those are probably my three favorite hot dog places. I wonder if you had anything in mind because there's a couple more big sandwiches. Nana's is a big one for me. Yeah, I said Na- Nana's is outstanding. They make a good cheese dog. A big Sammy's is an honorable mention. And then there's uh, what's the one in Crystal Lake that I really – oh, Tommy's. Tommy's. I want to eat Tommy's with Tom. That would make me feel nice. Here's the problem, though. It's like if I, if hot dogs are at a party, I'll almost never choose it ever Same. because I rather a sausage, I rather a broad, I rather a burger, ribs, whatever's being grilled. That'll a hot dog will always be my last choice. And even if I go to a restaurant, I'm not going to order a hot dog. However, if I go to Nana's, hot dogs like my number one choice. If I go to Dogfather, obviously, hot dog's the number one choice. So I think when it comes to hot dogs, it's all situational for me because I would never just choose it over any other foods. But I like them. I, I actually completely agree with you. There are times where I wake up, have a cup of coffee, try to win a baseball game. I decide that day I want a hot dog. Gene and Jude's River Grove confirmed. Okay, that actually makes a crap ton of sense. Rand Red Hots and Displains. I've had it, Frank. You know I like to rank my Coca-Colas. You know I like to rank my Coca-Colas. Rand's Red Hot. They put it in like a... I don't even know how to describe the cup. It's like a styrofoam cup, but it's like a thousand ounces. And it is just a wonderful Coca-Cola. And I've heard the other beverages there taste enhanced as well in that styrofoam cup. So uh rand's red hots very very good but uh, do you ever just wake up and want a hot dog because that does happen to me from time to time not really but i can't even make a mount rushmore of hot dogs my favorite hot dogs because it would just be dog father and nana's because there's not a lot of other places i order a hot dog from either yeah. i probably grill it rather than go somewhere else i i would like you to take you to gene and jude's just for the experience if you, you've never been to gene i've and been there before. once and that was Many, many years ago. Yeah, we should go with you as an adult. Maybe next year we'll go see the defending Calder Cup champion, Chicago Wolves. And then after, we'll hit Gene and Jude's. And I think uh, I think it's definitely something that we For should sure. do. You, you, so you like French fries, though, right? Oh, of course. The French fries. Oh, see, Nana's, Rand's Red Hots, Gene and Jude's, all the hot dogs to me. You had them. You've had one. You've had them all. They're all outstanding. The fries at Gene and Juice, they might be the best potato fries I've ever had. And Tom, yes, that invite was absolutely for you. The only other Tom that I want to eat hot dog more with is Tom Brady, and that's probably not going to happen anytime soon. So, um, have you ever had a hot dog on an omelet? Is something that the chat wants to know. I have not. That's, um, and, well, it says a hot dog omelet. I assume like chunks of hot dog in an omelet. Oh, like with like in instead of ham or something. I'm sure that's really good. I would like try it. extremely good. That There's sounds like something. That sounds like something Mama P would really like. Something I like mean, she would make back in the day. You know what I would Twitter. do? Because like I like making sandwiches out of literally anything. I'm Whenever, like if I if I'm eating dinner by G's, they'll always make fun of me that I could just always make a sandwich out of anything, literally anything. We'll have pasta, and I'll put it on a little bread roll and make it into a sandwich. Um, I would definitely, <laughs> well, I would definitely take a hot dog omelet and put it on a bun and eat it. 
That like a, like a little like egg, like a little cheese egg with that. It would be incredible. Now, what about like a thin version of this omelet on a burger? <laughs> See, now VP's thinking. I might do this like this summer. Let's oh, no, let's do it for football. Let's do it for a Thursday as night long football as we can game. Grill it like the burgers on the grill and stuff. Early season Thursday night football game. We're right. making burger, omelet, hot dog, deliciousness. That would be incredible. You get we'll the hot dog. The gang. The Everyone, I'll, I'll make like a Facebook post. You want to come, you come, pal. All right, we're doing it for sure. All right, I'm in. I see want Scott. Did you us chat? Yeah. See, the chat just gets us going. We talk about hot dogs and sandwiches for 13 minutes before we get to the real task at hand. But is there anything you want to say to wrap up the – Hot dog conversation, like like really quick. Where do you stand on the whole ketchup debacle? Because it seems oh. like there, it seems like there are people kind of coming to terms that ketchup on a hot dog in certain situations is not that much of a crime. You shouldn't go to prison for it. I don't like ketchup on a Chicago style. You won't catch me putting ketchup on a hot dog that has mustard, uh, celery, salt, relish, onions, and tomatoes. But you would catch me putting ketchup on a hot dog. That is just like a homemade grilled dog. I don't know your stance on like like a New York dog where they put the sauerkraut. I'm not putting jalap or I'm not putting sports peppers or um, celery salt on that. Like to me, they're just different types of hot dogs. Like there's a hot dog ketchup only has its place on this earth. I think that if you don't believe ketchup belongs on a hot dog, then you should just you're banned. Like there's no reason you need to grow up. There's there's a lot of people out there that's like that because I like both. Sometimes Dang. I'll put both on there. Sometimes I'll do a hot dog just mustard. Sometimes I'll do a hot dog just ketchup. At this point, if you don't think it belongs, you just got to grow up and get over it. Exactly. And, I mean, it's just it's food. It's there. It doesn't make you a child if you want ketchup on a hot dog. Exactly. If you want to tell me it's not a Chicago style with ketchup, I'm That's fully fine. on board. I'm fully on board. It's, it's not. not a Chicago style. Right. It's not. But don't say it doesn't belong on a hot dog because I could enjoy. I could smash a couple hot dogs with ketchup and I'll enjoy it. Oh, me too. Me or I'll too. put both. I put both even on a burger before, and I enjoy it. Yeah, I like. There are some hot dogs I understand it being sacrilege to not have ketchup on. Gene and Jude's, but they like, don't sell ketchup. Yeah, they don't have ketchup and on the premises, and you have to spend. There's like a certain certain dollar threshold you have to spend to get ketchup packets at the McDonald's right next door, I believe. Or either that, or they charge you per ketchup packet. I think they charge you per ketchup packet just so you don't freely go steal their ketchup and then bring it over to Gene and Jude's. That's savagery, which <laughs> I respect it though. I respect the shit out of it. Yeah. With you. I love telling people to go F themselves if they disagree with me. I would love to go to that McDonald's and get ketchup for free and bring it over to Gene. Just out of spite, because you know me, I'm a big spite guy. That sounds like fun. ketchup guy too though. I love ketchup. I love barbecue. I love honey mustard. I'm a sauce guy, condiment guy. Well what are your thoughts on this? When I was a kid I would have ranked ketchup, mustard, mayo in order. Mustard, 50 feet of crap, ketchup, 100 feet of crap, mayo. Now all the crap is gone, but it goes mayo, ketchup, mustard. Mine's, I literally have flipped the three. Mine's ketchup, mayo, mustard. Yeah. I still, my mustard's in last for me too, but I still like it. Lately. Don't knock it till you try it. I've been enjoying mayonnaise on a burger. Oh no, I try. I love mayonnaise on a burger. Mayonnaise belongs on a burger. Portillo's burgers come with mayonnaise, and yep. I, my whole life I've gotten it without mayonnaise. 
But then mm-hmm. it's like I've started to like just really love mayonnaise a lot more. And I, I've been getting it on there mixed with a little ketchup. It's like the perfect combination with a little bacon cheese. I It's just I feel like if you haven't tried mayonnaise on a burger, you got to try it. And don't knock cream cheese either because I love my Scarlett Johansson from Bulldogs with a little cream cheese. I will try the Scarlett Johansson burger again in my life. Like when I go there, I'm going to feel guilty not trying something new. But I just remember being like so ingranged in like this Scarlett Johansson burger that I have to, you know, try it again. We're talking green ketchup in the chat. It was green and purple. They had a green one and a purple one. Is that a little before your memory? Maybe. I mean, the purple sounds familiar. They were, it was like a dual pack you could buy. It was green and I think they sold them individually as well, but they definitely sold the pack. You could buy the purple ketchup and the uh, green ketchup. And I remember they both tasted like dog shit. This had to be 10 or plus years ago. Oh, yeah. This was like, you know what? There are probably, yeah, it might be like 20. I'm going to be 28 in December. And I remember being, I very vaguely remember anything. Okay. Things that were popular when I was like six, seven, eight. I might remember them, but you might not. Right. There's it's like a was like 20 years ago. There's like a three or four year window of stuff that I'll remember that you won't. There, most things that I remember, you also will, except for like that little window there from like yeah. six to ten. It's I like that say. small period of time. Yeah. And honestly, I legitimately think thinking back, trying to put two and two together, I legitimately think green and purple ketchup fits that timeline. I mean, yeah, I, I kind of maybe I'm thinking of like, do they have like purple buns at like Burger King? I know they had the black bun for Halloween, oh, but do I they remember. have like purple like like the pretty patties type of stuff? Maybe I remember the black burger, and that made well, that's like still around, kind of. It was there like a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah, I remember that made that made the toilet water blue. Not to get yes. too graphic. It was like weird. Like the burger was black, like literally is like black, like my phone <laughs> and the water of the toilet was blue. Yeah. I never got to try like, Right. Like blue, but it didn't change the flavor of the burger. No, no, no. It, it was a, it was like a barbecue smoky burger. If I remember yeah. correctly, or yeah. was it hot? No, I think it was like a, and it might've been hot. It was right around Halloween. There might've been jalapenos or something on there. Yeah, for sure. So we got some discussion in the chat about this green mustard. Everyone's going crazy great about the discussion. green mustard. Yeah, Scox agrees with me on the the situational ketchup. I, I appreciate a good situational ketchup. I don't love mayo, ketchup, mustard. or I love mayo now. I don't love ketchup and mustard like I once did. They used to be my two primary sauces. Now I would much rather put barbecue, buffalo, honey mustard on pretty much anything else. I agree. There's also situational hot dogs. Yes. So that wraps up National Hot Dog Day conversation. Nothing like a nice little 20-minute conversation to get us ready for period number one. Welcome to period one. Nobody gives a shit about hockey. Let's talk more about food. No, I'm kidding. We're actually going to have a fun food discussion in period number three, so make sure you stick around for that. Frank, Jonathan Ice Hockey was finalizing a contract with the New Jersey Devils. And then at about 4 o'clock Eastern, his agent got a call from Yarmo Kekalinin, the general manager of the Columbus Blue Jackets, who, if I can assign 
any NHL GM to become the GM of my favorite team, I might choose Kekalainen. I'm trying to think of a trade he lost in the last three years. He won the Seth Jones trade. He won the Panarin trade. The only thing they did that was dumb was let Panarin walk for nothing. Yeah. That's the only dumb. But he wasn't. Was he there even? I don't even remember. No, he was there. He was totally there. He was, yeah. He was totally there. That's the only dumb thing. But here's the thing, though. They were second place in the Metropolitan Division. They just saw him as their own rental. You know, instead of trading for a guy on an expiring contract, they just kept their own. Like, it's kind of the same thing. They ended up losing to the Bruins in the second round. But if they would have beat the Bruins in the second round, they could have easily beaten the Kings in the third round and made it to the Stanley Cup final. So I don't necessarily hate it that much. But when you look back, it's like, okay, well, if they would have tra- if they could have traded them, they might in hindsight. But hindsight is 2020. And now they landed Johnny Hockey. He decided last second to go to them. Uh, what's your reaction? Do you remember what I said last week? We were discussing it, and we were talking about, does he go to the Devils? Is he going to go – where is he going to end up? And I'm yeah. like, did you hear the news? Like, the Columbus is, like, waiting in the shadows. And we're both like, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I don't think he's going to go there. And turns out he goes there. I'm a little surprised just because didn't the Devils offer him, like, seven years for $9 million? Yeah. And the Blue Jackets offer seven years at $9.25 million? I just – that's insane that the extra $250,000 is going to just decide where you want to play. Like, okay. If somebody was going to offer me $9 million, like let's just, let's say for example, the Blackhawks were in a a situation like the devils, they're up and coming. They're looking good. Their young guys are finally meshing together and their playoff hopes are on the up. And the Blackhawks offered me 9 million. Okay. To play with them. And I'm getting ready to sign like Goudreau. And then here comes Detroit. And Detroit, you know, they were good. They're looking a little bit better. They're trying to get back into the postseason, kind of like Columbus, offers me a seven-year $9.25 million. I'm probably going to sign with my hometown team. I'm probably going to go with the Chicago Blackhawks. That extra 250000 is like chump change compared to, like, the money you've racked in. I'm not going to sign with Detroit. I feel like that's what Johnny Gaudreau did. He saw an extra 250000 and his eyes lit up when he could have went and played for his hometown team. I just – who's going to be his center? I don't know. Does Line A come back? They're going to have trouble signing him. I don't know if they're going to be able to sign Patrick Line A. And Line A's not a center. He's a winger. They're wing heavy. I think – that they're going to try and make some moves in order to sign him. I think now it's more of an incentive for Line to stay. Now he's like, holy shit, we got Johnny Goudreau coming to Columbus. We're trying to get back into the postseason for the first time since 2020. This might be my opportunity. I kind of want to stay with the franchise. That's the mindset I see Line taking here. Yeah, the Devils play Columbus a lot. I probably see them. I mean, I I watch every team even when they're not playing the Devils. So if you combine when I watch them when they're not playing the Devils and I combine them when when they are playing the Devils, I probably watch Columbus 10 to 11 times a season. And I know how well that organization is ran. And I've been to Columbus. People who shit on it have no idea what they're talking about. Columbus is like if you were to take a smaller version of Chicago, right? let's say Boston, you take Boston and you mix it with DeKalb or Champagne or name your favorite college town and you put them in a pot and you mix them together. That's Columbus. It is a city that is a college town 
because Ohio State is right there. You can see the there's like an intersection off the highway that like if you look to your right, you can see Nationwide Arena where the Columbus Blue Jackets play. And if you look to your left, you can see the shoe where the University of Ohio State football program plays. And then surrounding it is just like bars and restaurants and the original B-dubs is there. Like it is just an awesome, awesome place. So I am not going to be one of those people who just shit on Columbus. It's probably more fun than Newark itself. But if you play for the New Jersey Devils, you can live in New York City. You have Manhattan to your disposal. There's the beach. There's literally – so, you know, in terms of living, there's pros and cons to both. In terms of playing, I just don't understand. He could have played with Jack Hughes and had 100 points a season. And that's just, Yeah, he likes the Flyers more. And and that's, to me, what it comes down to. Oh, I think no, is he from Philadelphia? No, but he's from South Jersey. He's from South Jersey. Eh. He grew I, up. You he, know he the area, Flyers, man. right? But you, but you know the area of Jersey. If you go to Jersey, oh yeah, I just think he grew up hating the Devils. He might have, but it would be like me. It would be like me playing for the Cubs one day. Yeah, but or, like I said, I would play for Detroit, but I would rather play for the Hawks. And yeah, I, I mean Detroit. I would play for the Cubs or the Rangers or whatever. I, mean, I play for the White Sox. If they're paying me millions, I'm going to sign with whoever wants me. Yeah. But the fact that he was so close to signing with the Devils makes me think he doesn't hate them that much if he was about to sign the contract and this extra yeah. 250000 comes along and he decides to go to the Blue Jackets. I mean, don't get me wrong. The Columbus atmosphere inside the arena is electric. You got the cannon. I live for that. Ah. I wait for it every time they wait, they pan over. I, I love it. I love the atmosphere. Um, so, I mean, Johnny Hockey's got definitely a great atmosphere to play in there. But I just think that he tweaked. I think that the Devils have a better chance of being more successful than the Blue Jackets, at least for the next upcoming years, that I, I just – it, it seems like it proved money was more important to him than I shouldn't say happiness, but like you get what I'm saying. Money just proved to be more than the general factor of, I, I don't know. Right now rosters as is who's better, the devils or the blue jackets, I, the devils. I think see, I don't, I do. Columbus has a lot of really nice prospects that are going to start stepping in here. We're going to see this Kent Johnson kid. He went to Michigan with Ben years and Hughes and, power and he's sick um there was another there's another prospect they have that i'm forgetting to say they're they're just they're a well-ran team frank the guys come out of nowhere and you know do wonders for them i don't know that merzlikens is a good goaltender so is corpusala i think that the only thing they got going for them right now is goudreau and a couple of their owen power a couple of their rookies well owen, you're thinking of kent johnson owen powers on the sabers or yeah, yeah, I know what you meant. Um, now I lost my train of thought, but and who knows if they even keep line? I, I, I don't know. I like. I think the Devils have more potential. I think their young core is better than the Columbus core. Oh, so and do I. So do I. So far, what we've seen from them, it it's proved to be true. Yes, I I agree that if I'm taking a team's future. I'm taking New Jersey all day long. I, I just see a world where the Devils finish lower than them in the standings next season. Okay, but it's all about the future, a seven-year deal. Yeah. It's not a one-year deal. I know, I know. It, so that's why it's a little it's a little surprising. It's very surprising. It's very surprising. He could have he could have played on the top line with Heesher, 
who's a two-way centerman who could make, you know, Goudreau could be the driver of the offense, or he could be on a line with Jack Hughes and be the top line, and they could just make, you know, love and magic on the ice at the same time between those two. Or you could put him on the third line with Mercer, make that the top line, and have an Olympian on every line. Yeah. I mean. I think he tweaked hard. Yeah. I just don't get it. It had to be the money situation. Yeah, you're right. And But here's the thing, though. There's one thing about it I'm happy about. It sucks that it fucked the Devils, right? Like, that pisses me off, okay? But let's pretend I'm not a Devils fan. I'm just looking at it. I'm Gary Bettman right now. I'm so happy. Columbus finally got a huge free agent. Every team in the league is starting to, like, become a possible suitor for free agents, and I like that. I don't like it when people say, oh, Columbus, no one's going to want to play. Then why do we have a team there? Like, like I want every team to be attractive. It just, the reason I think he'd be a better fit for the Devils outside of the fact that I like the Devils is looking at like the rosters and the construction and what X's and O's would look like if he were playing with Nico Heeshear. Like, Nico could go park his big booty in front of the net and Jasper Bratt can work down low and be the two way guy. And then Johnny Hockey's making plays. Or if like he's playing with Patrick Kane, you could have like, a recreation of, or not Patrick Kane, with Jack Hughes, you can have a recreation of Patrick Kane with Panarin where, like, each of them are pass-first guys, but, like, when you have two elite fast pass-first guys like that, they can score lots of goals because they each have a pretty good shot in addition to being pass-first guys. Type, type of, like, a dual threat, but, like, a dual threat that favors passing slightly, like 60-40. And, you know, or Mercer is, like, an up-and-coming centerman. You could get the most out of him by putting him with him. And you could have three like sick lines where it goes the Jack line, the Goudreau line with Mercer, and then Nico's your third line center. I mean, there are just so many possible things that could have came from Johnny Hockey going to the New Jersey Devils. And then you think about the defense. Dougie Hamilton is one of the best in the NHL at getting the puck forward to his forwards. And then you have Ryan Graves, who's elite, or not elite defensively, but he's pretty good defensive player. And, you know, he's got a big booming shot. And then I think about like Siegenthaler had, he was like a top 10 defensive defenseman, according to all sorts of metrics last year. And Damon Severson, they traded for John Marino. Uh, Luke Hughes is on the way. Like this team just has so much that fits the style of Johnny Goudreau's playing. And I cannot believe he did not go there. It's shocking. Sorry, it, it really that was is. a rant. I know. It really is. Uh, it's, I just, I, I, good for the Blue Jackets because they're trying to be contenders again. And we've seen – they could be dominant in the postseason. They've been great. We, we've we seen what they're capable of, sweeping the lightning. Yep. They're a top 10 most successful NHL team in the last 15 years. Yeah, so – If I'm ranking the top 10 most successful NHL teams in the last 10 to 15 years, one's probably Pittsburgh. I would put Chicago 2, LA 3. Uh, New York Rangers are up there. Uh, the Oh, the Bruins. The Boston Bruins are up there for sure. Uh, oh, Tampa Bay. Probably higher than they're probably two. We're being honest. Um, Columbus is up there. Columbus is absolutely up there. San Jose, I think, would probably be up there, even though they've been kind of suspect the last two years. But before that, San Jose was always in the mix. The Blues, Columbus is awesome as an organization. They're yeah. always in the mix, and they don't want to go back down that road of sucking. So I, it's clear that they want to get back to the postseason, and they very mel- very may well this year. So we'll see. I would respect typical hockey fans for like rooting for them to like get the most out of Johnny hockey and continue being a good market and 
attract other free agents and make Columbus an awesome place to go hang out. Cause Columbus is an awesome place to go hang out. They have some bars there. I've been to that are just so fun. Ohio state is awesome. Um, you know, the shoe is the second biggest, or it's like the second or third biggest football stadium in the country. Like the Michigan versus Ohio state, like the whole thing is awesome. And I'm happy about it. I just hate that every time I see his face now, I'm going to think about what could have been. It was so close. Could have been like minutes or hours away. Literally. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. It definitely will be interesting. I just, I'm, I'm mind blown. I mean, I know hockey drives a line like a center, which is why I just think Nico would be so perfect for him. Like, look at. Look at what Hall did with Nico as his center. Hall hasn't been the same since having Nico as a center. He doesn't play with Bergeron. Otherwise, he probably would be with Bergeron because Bergeron's a better version of Nico. But, like, man, I just – and then there's Jack Hughes. You know, I, I watched a play – we're going to talk about this trade later, but I when the Devils traded Ty Smith last Sunday or Saturday, whatever day it was – I watched a couple of Ty Smith goals, and there was one play where Jack was dancing around the zone, and he fed it to Ty Smith, who like had an open lane to the net. And every now and then, any NHL player is going to put one in. Mm-hmm. And I was like, imagine if he was doing all this with hockey on the ice with him. Yeah. And Jack is what? He's not even twenty yet. Is he twenty? If he's not, he's nineteen. Yeah. I mean, I I just for the life of me can't understand, but. We move on, onward and upward. Johnny Hockey to the Columbus Blue Jackets. The Metropolitan Division continues to stack itself up. Um, later in the evening, though, after missing on Johnny Hockey, the Devils did get what is one of the top free agents that was available this offseason. He doesn't get a crap ton of points in the regular season. 50, 60-point guy, good player in the regular season, offensive-wise. But he's just a very good two-way winger. A lot of guys compare him to like Thomas Hurdle in San Jose. He's a little bit older than him, but he's just like a solid forward to add to your middle six. And, of course, I'm talking about Andre Palat. Andre Palat signed a five-year deal with the New Jersey Devils. He probably will play on their second line. I don't know. He might play on their first line if Jack Hughes, you know, finds some chemistry with him early. I think everything hinges on what happens with Jesper Bratt and of course Matthew Kachuk is available now we'll get to him in a little bit I think the Devils will be in on him now that they didn't land hockey but you know we'll see what happens there but what do you think of Andre Pallott I know you've seen a lot of his games I love Andre Pallott I think he's going to be a great fit for the Devils um the only problem I have is I think the Devils paid him too much I think six million dollars per year is just a little bit too pricey he's good for let's say 15 goals his average is anywhere from 12 to like 18. We'll say he's good for 15 goals. The upside, though, which 15 goals for $6 million if he gets. I mean, that's that's a little pricey in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I, I think you could go with like four, four and a half, five maybe, but $6 million for maybe a 15-goal score. Okay. But he also brings other stuff to the table. There is an upside here. Um, first of all, when it comes to the postseason, he's electric factory in the postseason. I think that's what the, the Devils are thinking about. They're, the Devils are expecting to be in the postseason, obviously, within the next five years, within that five-year contract. They might get there this year. If not this year, probably next year. Um, so they you get that leadership and experience for that postseason. And it just proves that Tom Fitzgerald is interested 
in adding leadership to this team because he's confident in the young core that they have. And Vin, you probably know this, but the Devils are statistically the youngest team in the league. The average age of the team is 25.2 years old. So they're the youngest team in the NHL. You get a guy like Palat, who, like I said, is going to add that leadership and that veteran to the, the young core of the team. And when you get to the postseason, maybe that value of $6 million increases a little bit. Now he's kind of worth $6 million because of what he's capable of doing in the playoffs. Don't like the $6 million, though, right off the get-go. We'll see if I change my mind on that but I think he's going to be a great fit for the New Jersey Devils. I'm pretty sure this past season he passed Jonathan Taves for the most point, most goals in a conference finals by active players. He, he was insane. He had like yeah. how many points this postseason? In the 20s? Yeah. Pretty sure, yeah. He's it up in the playoffs. And he, has a, he only gets like 15 goals, sure, but he has like 40 assists every year. Right, and, and and like I said, when you get to the playoffs where points are at a premium, he scores a lot more than he does in the regular season, which is valuable. And maybe that's where the $6 million adds to. Maybe you get an extra million just because of how well he performs in the playoffs. Who knows? But like I said, I think he's going to be a great fit. And I do think the Devils are in need of somebody like Pilat who has that veteran status on this team. Do you think there's something to be said about role too? Because with Tampa Bay – he was in the back seat. He might have even been in the trunk. Yeah. You have five Hall of Famers, right? And Stamkos and Kucherov run the offense. With the Devils, Hughes runs the offense, and then Brat and Nico follow. We'll put Palat with Brat and Nico, like following Jack. I definitely think his role is expanded. You might see some more goals. Yeah, you know, it's always about role on a team. And I think, like, when certain players go to certain teams, you, you, you go from the back seat to the driver's seat. And – you have a better experience and you have that opportunity to show what you could do in a larger role. And I think like you made a perfect point that Palat's going to have that larger role here. Cause for Tampa Bay, they have so many stars. They don't need that larger role out of Palat. Whereas the devils with all these young guns, they could use Palat in that larger role and see how it meshes with the other young guns on the team. I don't want to make the whole show about the Devils, but they were just one of the more active teams in the last week. They traded for John Marino by trading Ty Smith in a draft pick. I really like John Marino. Joey was in Boston watching them play against the Pittsburgh Penguins at the TD Garden in 2019 when John Marino scored his first career NHL goal. Now, Marino is not a goal-scoring defenseman. Of course, every guy scores a goal every now and then. He chips in about 20 to 30 assists a season, but he's just a solid two-way defenseman, and he's one of the better players in the league at making a first pass, like being deep in the zone and chipping it up either to his partner, which his partner is either going to be Severson or Hamilton, I would think, and so then they go get the points up in the rush. I think he makes their defense so much better. He's probably yep. their number four where they stand. And if John Marino's your number four, you're running a really good defense out there. This was one of my favorite things or moves that the Devils made this past week. It's only a four and a half or four point four, I believe, million dollar cap hit to their uh, their salary cap. Um, and yeah, he's he's had like one goal last year, but it like twenty four assists. So he's not he's a defensive defenseman. But Tom Fitzgerald made a point, and he said um, Marino takes pride in his game away from the puck. Um, so this is gonna 
fix some of the defensive issues you may have seen with the Devils this past year. They were letting in a lot of goals. They did sign uh, Vanacek, um, too, which is great. I think that's a huge move for the Devils. Um, I didn't like their goaltending last year. We're talking again, once again, about adding the veterans to the team to try and build with this young core. I love that move. John Marino is going to strengthen that defensive core. When you have somebody who strictly plays defense like that, and like you said, fourth best defenseman on the team, I think he's going to play a key role. And I think a lot of the defensive holes that we saw last season may be fixed from this Marino signing. Do you think there's anything to be said about where Marino comes from too? Because I believe in the last 15 to 20 years, the Pittsburgh Penguins are the most successful team. I, If I could trade my fanhood for any team in the league, if it was just based on being a bandwagoner, it would be the Pittsburgh Penguins. And he comes over to the Devils and he might say to Jack, hey, this is what I've heard Sidney Crosby say from time to time. Or Tahisha, like, hey, this is what I've seen of Genny Malkin play. Oh, when Jeff Carter came over, this is what he brought to the table, Jesper Bratt, as a two-way winger. Um, oh, you know, Christopher Latang was my partner for a minute there. Um, Dougie Hamilton, you know, this is what that Hall of Famer used to say. Like, the Pittsburgh Penguins, what they brought in. Even Marino got to play with, like, I don't know if he was ever teammates with Marc-Andre Fleury, but Matt Murray was Matt Murray was a really good goalie for a while. Like, you know, Pittsburgh, they just have everything. Mary, Medio Lemieux is their owner. He's around all the time. I just think there's something to be said. And Mark Brodeur is walking around that New Jersey Devils hallway a lot. He's their assistant general manager. You know, Marty's very involved with the Devils now. And I that's why I'm not too worried about their goaltending going forward now. If Blackwood and Vanacek are their one-two punch and Marty's around giving them, you know, tips and stuff like that, that part to me is in good hands. But where Marino comes from is just so exciting to me because, man, they are the – it's not just because their colors are gold. The Pittsburgh Penguins are the gold standard. Yeah, you know, not a lot of players in the NHL, especially on the younger side, get to say that they've they've played with future Hall of Famers, right? You're playing with people on the Coyotes or the Senators right now or in the past. I mean, you're not playing with people like Sidney Crosby. Or if you're playing on Washington, you don't have you're not you don't always get the luxury of playing with somebody like Alex Ovechkin. So when you do get the luxury of playing with those types of guys, you carry over some knowledge and you get to develop with some of these hall of fame type of players. And just like the Tampa Bay lightning, if you're a young guy coming over there, I mean, look at Brandon Hagel, Brandon Hagel got to play with Taves and Kane, but now he's playing with Stamkos, Kucherov, Hedman. You're getting like, you have that extra experience over some of the other guys in the NHL that not everybody gets. And yeah. And John Marino brings that to the devil. So he'll definitely have some extra insight and that um, advantage of having all that knowledge to bring and see what he could bring to this team. Absolutely. So we'll see what happens there. Matthew Kachuk is going to get traded. He informed the Calgary Flames. Yep. He informed the Calgary Flames that he didn't want them to go through again what they went through with Johnny Goudreau and losing him for nothing. So Calgary is going to trade him for the bag. And I think Kachuk is better than Goudreau. Personally, I do. He might not have as many points. I don't think points are everything. People, people get themselves in dangerous mindsets when they only look at scoring. That cannot be the only things you look at. Kachuk is a rat. Okay? He is Brad Marchand reincarnated. 
People who don't want to admit it because Marshan's oh, going to the Hall two. of Fame. Yeah, for sure. Like Marshan's going to the Hall of Fame. He's won a Stanley Cup. He's been in Art Ross conversations. Like I understand what Marshan has accomplished in his career. Matthew Kachuk is coming for that level of career. You got it. Every team in the league, every team besides Calgary has to be looking at him. Even the teams that suck should be looking at him to try and build around. I, I'm Honestly, on the younger side. He's not old. I, if I'm the Devils, I would trade Jesper Bratt next year's first and Simone Nimich, who they just drafted second overall for him. I'm not kidding. I would give up anything that's not Jack Hughes for Matthew Kachuk. I think Matthew Kachuk has a good chance of going to the Devils, honestly. I think especially losing out on the Goudreau um, lottery, I think that he's. it's a very – good possibility that he might be coming there. I've also heard that there's potential that he could go to the blues because of his father, Keith Kachuk. Um, I mean, I could see it. I could definitely, I could picture Kachuk in a blues uniform, but maybe that's because I've seen like highlights of his father in a blues uniform. Um, it would just make more sense. I don't know if that matters to him at all. I don't know if he's thinking he wants to follow in his dad's footsteps in the Blues legacy or whatnot, but he would definitely fit in with that team. I mean, the Blues like need a guy like Kachuk with that grindy, the rat style play. I mean, yeah, and you know who else is a very good possibility too? They've, they've been on the up and coming. They've, they've been so hot this offseason. The Ottawa Senators. I could also see him playing for the Senators. I mean, look at the team they're building up over there. Imagine, imagine adding Kachuk to the team that they're forming right now. It would just be crazy to be a Senators fan if they got Kachuk. They would be – I would put him in a postseason spot, honestly, if they landed him. I'm uh, thinking about doing that anyway. I don't um, know right now, but they might. Yeah, yeah, they might without him. Well, did you forget they have Brady? Oh, I did forget that. Yeah. Well, there you go. Their captain is his brother. <laughs> there, yeah. So even even more so. Yeah. It's a possibility. I, I, I mean, think any of those three teams. See, that's why I think Ottawa is going to be so good because they have players you forget that are there. I did actually. I like forgot about Brady, Brady Kachuk, Tim Stutzla, Josh Norris, Claude Giroux, Alex Debrinket, uh, Batherson. It's just because of Talbot and Dabrinkit. It's just that that's all I've been thinking about for the yeah. Senators. I forget about everybody else. I forgot yeah. about Futsalan. I'm I just not thinking about those players because of the moves they're making now. I completely understand. And I just – I think Ottawa is going to be sick. And if they got Matthew – It's a possibility. That would be unreal. Uh, the thing with the Blues, yesterday it became like a rumor because of a St. Louis radio station – that one of the insiders went on. I can't remember if it was Pierre LeBron or Elliot Friedman. One of them went on like a St. Louis station and talked about the possibility of Kachuk getting traded. And then today, literally, I was grabbing a drink for this show and I look on my phone and I see that the article came out. It was from Jeremy Rutherford, who covers the St. Louis Blues for The Athletic and about Matthew getting traded. I'm like, why are these St. Louis guys... I kind of pulled a you with forgetting about Brady. I was like, why are all these St. Louis guys breaking Matthew Kachuk news? Like he's from letter or he plays in letter Kenny, Canada. Like, yeah. you know, Cal Calgary is right in the heart of Alberta. Like why are they breaking? Oh, oh yeah. Cause Keith was on the, like people forget Keith was on the blues the year the Hawks won the cup in 2010. Like he's not that, I mean, that's fucking 12 years ago now, but you know, it's not as long ago as people think, right. you know, and those boys, 
They're little runts. I swear to God. I wrote a tweet. I quote tweeted a tweet of my own from here. I, I can find it for you. I wrote it on because I just quote tweeted it right before we went on the show. In on February 13th, 2020, I wrote, I've always said I wish I could order the NJ Devils, my own Kachuk, but I would settle for my own Bertuzzi. We need a rat that can score. And I just quote tweeted it today saying, uh, I've wanted my own Kachuk for a long time. If I were the New Jersey Devils, I would try to do anything I can to land Matthew in a trade. This is an elite player available. And man, is it true. I absolutely would. Someone commented on it asking if I would trade Brat or Mercer as part of the deal. I would drive to New Jersey, pick them up, drive them to Calgary, take Matthew Kachuk back with me and bring him to Newark if that's what it took. Mercer, Brat, great players. Love you guys. Bye. (laughs) I think it's a good possibility that those are the three landing destinations. I don't see any other team getting them, to be honest. Um, I just, I just don't, I just, I think those are the one, it's kind of like the whole Goudreau thing. We talked about where he's going to go. Is he going to go to Philly, New Jersey? And then we talked about Columbus and it was one of those three teams. So I I think it's going to be one of these three teams, senators, devils, or blues. Well, hopefully it's the devils. Um, in terms of pure hockey porn, what are some places that would be sick for Kachuk though? Like if you ignore all things and you only think about like the players on the teams, I, th- I think see Vegas would be sick. I've I've heard the Kachucks and Eichel are very close. Vegas off, would be sick. Off, the, off the ice, yeah, that would be so sick. Imagine him playing on a line with Mick Jesus. See, I just don't see that happening. No, no, not. Calgary's not trading. Yeah, I know. The, the Battle of Alberta trade edition. No, I know. I know you're saying like what would, what would be insane. to the Cardinals. Like that's just not happening. I get what you're saying. Like what would be like? Like ignore it all. Yeah, ignore right. it all and just think of hockey, uh, love and magic. It would be. I could say that. Yeah, I mean, imagine any player playing with McDavid. Yeah, I mean, but Matthew Kachuk, he's mean. He's kind of a dick. He's a rat. His goal on the ice is to piss off each and every opponent, including the coach. See, I feel like Evander Kane's the Matthew Kachuk of the Oilers. Yes, yes. So they like Matthew, you know I mean? Matthew can have a hundred points. <laughs> well, yeah, he's better. But how many points did Matthew? How many points do you think Matthew Kachuk had last year? And you got to remember, most people just view him as a rat. I'll say eighty-eight. Eighty-eight points. Matthew yeah. Kachuk had 104 points. Holy last year. shit. In 2020-21, Matthew Kachuk scored 42 goals. Or 2021-22, excuse me. He scored 42 goals with 62 assists for 104 points. He played in all 82 games. I did not realize he broke 100 points. He is fucking unbelievable. Yeah, imagine if he did play with McDavid. I mean, they already have 200-point guys on their team. Exactly. But Vegas would be sick, too. Being in the fortress with Jack and Cullen. Yeah. And 68 penalty minutes. Yeah, because he's, he's, he's the rat grinder. He's the He likes to just piss people off. Not afraid to drop the gloves, get dirty. 
You know what else I like about last season for him? He pumped out 253 shots. Wow. That's a that's like that's, that's like Ovechkin. That's at least three a game, more than three a game, which that, is a that's lot. what I'm saying. And if if you put him on a line with Jack fucking Hughes, no one would mess with Hughes. That that to me, that's take away 30 points, and I would still sign up for it for that reason. Jack Hughes has nobody on the New Jersey Devils who put instill fear on the other team to leave him alone. Nobody. People wouldn't look at him funny if Matthew Kachuk was on his line. And you could you could try and recreate the Lindholm Goudreau uh, Kachuk line as best as you can because I think Jesper Bratt and Lindholm have a lot in common with the way they play. Kachuk is Kachuk. And then Johnny Hockey is a center ver- or is a wing version of Jack Hughes, who's more developed and scores more points right now. So I uh, I don't know. It is just it's geez, possible we're gonna get the news sooner rather than later. So yeah, eh, it's gonna happen. So we'll see when. Bucci's been alluding to it a long time. He didn't say it on our show, but he's been tweeting about it for like two weeks now. And every single person refutes everything he says when it comes to Kachuk. And I honestly don't really understand why. Obviously, Bucci has a clear connection to that family. Um, is It's them and the Hughes, right? For like the American hockey families. Mm-hmm. It used to be the Halls, but like their dad was Canadian. So like they're not necessarily like in the same boat. I don't know. I, I just really like the idea of him coming to play for this team. It would just be absolute chaos. It's very possible. Speaking of people who like to get under people's skins while playing at an elite level, Nifty Nazi Dangleman, Nazem Kadri, is still out there. What do you make of it? I don't know. I have a slight feeling he's staying with Colorado. I don't know. Just part of me. If he doesn't stay with Colorado, he might be the fit in Calgary. It's hard to believe you get rid of Goudreau and Kachuk. You're just not getting anybody back on their team. Come on. I could see him fitting on that team perfectly. I mean, he's not going to fill the shoes quite like Kachuk or Goudreau would, but, I mean, they need to fill a team to at least be somewhat of a contender. It just seems hard to believe they'd just fall off a cliff. Um, Or the Islanders. What about the Islanders? Would be a suit for Kadri. He would be I mean, a great fit for the Islanders. He also was brought to the Leafs. And, like, or he was Barzell, on the Leafs with Lou Lamorello. Barzell could use a little more support. Yeah, don't Lou Lamorello loved Kadri, so that's a possibility too. He, ha, he had him on the team when he was the GM, and then Kyle Dubas traded him when he took over. So I the Kadri Lamorello thing is absolutely real. I think uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, still part of me believes he could stay with Colorado though too. It's kind of weird that that hasn't happened yet either. I thought for sure within the past week we would have got some news on Kadri. If he went back to if he went to Calgary though, they would need a replacement for Goudreau. But I think they're going to because they, they were so good. How could you be so good and then just for one year and then know. just shit the bed? No, you can't. You can't. That's why it doesn't make sense. They they should go for Kadri and then try to trade for Kane or something. Right. I just yeah. I, but like, you just can't be so good and then just shit the bed. You just can't. It they doesn't still have great players on the team. Their defense is awesome. They have a Norris yeah. Trophy goalie and or a Vezina nominated trophy goalie, and 
Lindholm, Manjapani, Coleman. I mean, what? But if you what? don't, if you don't try to fill the shoes at least somewhat of Goudreau or Kachuk, they're not going to be Calgary of last year. Not even close. I don't care who they have. I completely agree. And Kadri was better last season than people give him credit he was for. Really good. Eighty-seven points in seventy-one games. If he played all eighty-two games, he probably would have broke a hundred. However. If he doesn't go to Calgary or the Islanders, he's staying with Colorado for sure. I think hundred percent. Okay, so Frankie's got his three team list for every every yeah. guy. Basically, yeah. I like that. I, I honestly agree with you. I just don't see him going anywhere other than the Islanders or uh, Calgary. Like there'd be no point to stay with Colorado, try to run it back. Yeah, he's a great fit there. We saw it this year what he did, and they won a Stanley Cup. So, yep, he he wants to be fairly compensated. I can't say I blame him. Are there any other off-season notes that you have written down that you kind of want to address really quick? I mean, we're we're not going anywhere all summer. Bar down doesn't go away when hockey goes away because hockey never really truly goes away. Like one of these one of these topics that we discussed in this first period will have a resolution by oh, the yeah. show. I believe that. I I thought they would this week to be honest, but <laughs> Yeah. Um at least for a couple of them. And then halfway through August some of the guys who were drafted in like the third or fourth round that had really good college hockey years that aren't signed with their teams are going to start signing with other teams. Like when the Rangers were going to get Fox, but they traded for him and Nashville was going to, or Calgary was going to lose him for nothing. So they traded him to Carolina and then Carolina was going to lose him for nothing. So they traded him to the Rangers or like when the devils signed um, Will Butcher or when Kerfoot left the devils to go to the avalanche, like, some of those college hockey players that don't sign their deals, those are guys are eligible, I think, August 15th or something like that. So, you know, hockey's never truly going away. No, absolutely not. There's a reason it's called the offseason. It's its own season. Yeah. I mean, I, I follow a lot of the stuff going on in the offseason, and I encourage everybody to do the same. Yep. But um, there's no really other notes that I had. I was just hoping you'd say something that maybe would jog my memory if there was anything – no, I mean, I think I mean, we covered everything like major. Yeah, everything major that happened. You mentioned Vanacek. I was going to bring that up at some point, but they got the yeah. Palat deal done. Everything that happened besides Goudreau really and Palat really kind of happened. Huh? That's been the big focus this week. Yeah. And those were the two deals that got done yeah. after our show last week. Brent Burns happened during our show. I think, or right before it, like all those other deals were happening either during or before our show. We talked about Max Domi last week. Mm-hmm. We talked about all the additions the Hawks made. Um, and speaking of the Hawks, we're going to roast them a little bit here. We're going to shit on them a little bit, I think, in period number two. Welcome to period two, where we're going to talk about a bunch of shit we don't want to talk about because the Chicago Blackhawks are a dog shit organization right now. Now, let me preface by saying this, and then I'll let Frankie, who I look at the Hawks. I think we can agree on this. I look at the Hawks from like a broad point of view, right? I don't like, and you look at them the way that I look at the Devils, rose colored glasses all the time. And I think there's nothing wrong with that. You ground me on the Devils. I ground you on the Hawks. I believe in Kyle Davidson. Everything he's done so I gave him a B plus on his offseason so far. It would be an A if they got a A prospect in the Debrinket trade. They didn't get enough in the Debrinket trade. I think they were one piece short of it being a quote unquote good trade. They better hope Kaczynski becomes a really good player because he was on their radar the whole time. When they traded Debrinket, Davidson knew in his brain 
I want this to turn into Kaczynski. They even thought about packaging the pick they got for Dabrinka and the pick they got for Doc to move up and get Kaczynski fifth overall, but he fell to them at seventh. If they're happy, that kid better be good. Otherwise, I'm going to hate Davidson forever. Now, <laughs> you had to make some of the moves you have to make. Rebuilding is the right way to do it in the NHL. I do believe that all the best teams started from scratch. The Penguins were dog shit. The Hawks were dog shit. The Kings were dog shit. The Lightning were dog shit. The Lightning had the first and the second pick in back-to-back seasons. That's how bad they were for a long time. And there were some tough stretchers in the middle. And very few teams are Detroit, where 25 straight years of making the playoffs. But that actually technically was a not great for the Wings because, they yeah, they were making the playoffs and then getting bounced in the first round every year. Like That technically is not always the best way to look at it. And right now... I'm down on the Hawks because they slapped every Chicago hockey fan in the face. And I'm not calling Blackhawks fans. Any Chicago hockey fan. That is me. I am a Chicago hockey fan. By letting Eddie Olchek leave and go to the Seattle Kraken. Now, hockey fans are lucky because Eddie Olchek is going to partner with John Forslund and they're going to be the best duo in the NHL for local broadcasts. Okay, those guys do national games together on Turner Sports Networks, TNT, TBS. But now we have to turn on our ESPN Plus apps to hear them call Kraken games. And the Kraken are going to suck again. I don't think they're going to be as bad as they were last year, but they're not making the playoffs. And the Blackhawks suck too, but at least Olchek is the Illinois' all-time leading scorer and face of the franchise-type broadcaster. And when you think of things that the Blackhawks have that are above average – It's a color commentator and a right wing. Now it's just the right wing because you let your color commentator go. You didn't do what you can to bring him back. He's a black hawk for life, this and that, blah, blah, blah. I'm just disgusted with the fact that Eddie Olchek is no longer a part of the Chicago Blackhawks organization. He's going to go do Kraken games and become a Kraken fan, and it's just sad. Yeah, I'm going to miss him. I really love Eddie Olchek a lot. And it was very emotional. Eddie Olchek, Eddie Olchek gave a, a little speech about everything. He was very emotional. Um, he said he's a Blackhawks fan for life. He has nothing against the franchise. There's no hatred towards it or anything like that. He said he'll die a Blackhawk. Um, I think subconsciously over the years, getting to listen to Eddie Olchek, and probably for a lot of Chicago fans, and they don't know this because it's all happening subconsciously, is when you had Pat Nettie calling the games, the love for the Blackhawks increases because of how well they do at their job. And not a lot of people realize that. They're like, no, not me. I, I love the team. But when you hear these guys commentating, it adds to the game, and you're subconsciously taking in how well they're doing together, and that just builds your love for the team even more. And that's what I got from Eddie Olchek. And I admit that Eddie Olchek brought – more to the Blackhawks and gave that extra light that the Blackhawks needed. I'm very sad to see him go. Now, if you're a Kraken fan, you get John Forslund, who I, I love. I'm a big John Forslund guy, and Eddie Olchek. The Seattle Kraken fan base is going to skyrocket just because they have those announcers. Trust me, announcers make any sport. If you have a bad announcer, it's lousy. Like Boog for the Cubs, it's just lousy. I I, just, I hate listening to Boog. It stinks. Um, 
if you just have better announcers for the team, it makes your experience that much better. And with the Hawks trying to rebuild, Eddie Olchek was that light that they needed, at least to get through the rebuild. And now they don't have that anymore. And it's, it's very disappointing for me of how much I really loved Eddie Olchek. And it doesn't make a ton of sense to me because why would you have Eddie Olchek part of the ambassador program with Sharp and Hosa and, and Eddie Olchek? Why would you have him in these key decisions to go out and find a general manager like Kyle Davidson? And now he's not here. It almost seems like pieces aren't adding up for me all that much. Um, I'm just, I'm a little confused. I, I'm just a little confused. You know, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, I was actually just doing some research on this. I actually can't believe that I forgot about the fact that he was part of that committee. It, it doesn't make sense that they would put together that committee. You have three of the most loved Blackhawks of all time, I would say. Um, there's nothing really said about those bad about those three men. You, you have him go out, try to find a GM. You know, you put this whole ambassador program together, and the, the program hasn't even really – what it probably hasn't even been a year yet. And, and you, you let Eddie Olchek go. That's like saying, all right, we're going to let Hosa out of the organization and Sharp too. It just doesn't make a ton of sense to me. That, and that to me is the most shocking. It's shocking I, as a whole, but the, that whole thing is even more shocking. Yeah, it's shocking. I, I just can't believe that it's just one of the good things they had going for them, Frank. Like this team sucks. Okay. They're trash. They're going to be one of the worst teams in the NHL. If the Arizona Coyotes are better than them, I won't be surprised. Yeah, I know. It, it's it's painful. It's very painful. And who's going to watch the games now? Like, besides the diehards, I'm going to. I'm going to. But, like, who's even going to do color? Are they going to reach out to Patrick Sharp? I, I think it's going to be Patrick Sharp, honestly. When – they announced that it was Pat Foley's last year. I was like, maybe Sharp would do play-by-play, but then I'm like, he's not a play-by-play type of guy. He's a color commentating type of guy, though. I Former players don't do play-by-play. No, right. I could see him do color, though, for yeah. sure. He um, has. I think they're going to reach out to him. Yeah. I think that they have to. I'm saying that they have to. They don't have a choice now because they know fans are unhappy about this whole Eddie Olchek situation, Right. So they're going to be like, all right, well, we, we might have messed up a little bit. They're thinking about it. It's it's running through their brain. They're like, but we can make up for it. We're going to have Patrick Sharp do color. We're going to ask him about it, see if he wants to do it. I, I If they don't, I have no idea who they're going to get. Zero clue. You got Scott Vosters doing play-by-play, which is fine. I love the kid. When I heard him for the first time last year, I'm like, I hope this guy replaces Pat Foley. So I'm happy. I got my wish there. I'd really love if they brought in Patrick Sharp. I think that's what they need right now. I think it would put a lot more smile on people's faces. They'd get that familiar face, and I think that's what they need right now is Patrick Sharp in the booth. Yeah, and Nick Olchek is going with him to Seattle, correct? Yeah, which is just – that's a heartbreaker too. Yeah. I, I'm shocked there too. I love the way Nick Olchek did doing the games. I, it sounded like Eddie. They sound identical. Yeah, we're I do try and get, one time. Like, wait, is that Nick or Eddie? We're gonna try and get Nick on, and now yeah, that he doesn't have, it. now that he doesn't have NBC Sports Chicago hanging over his head, we'll see if he's able to. But, um, I am disgusted with what has gone on with this team in the last year, and 
Now we're not going to talk about it too much yet till more of the facts come out. I'm sure we're going to be forced to talk about it at some point, like we were with Kyle Beach. Um, but that sexual assault allegation coming out with the 2018 World Junior Championship team, uh, two of the guys they traded for, Boris Kachuk and Taylor Radish, were on that team. So was Kale McCarr and freaking Carter Hart. And, you know, that, that whole situation might get really messy before it gets good. Robert Thomas from the St. Louis Blues was on there. But, you know, it's just one bad thing after another with this team. And then you suck because of things that Stan Bowman did and it forced you to trade to bring it. Like, how awesome would it have been to replace Hosa with Debrinket and just keep it rolling? Keep it rolling year after year. When Sharp leaves, Debrinket comes in. When, you know, you lose Artem Anisimov, here comes Kirby Doc. Like, no. You could have had Panarin. You traded Yalmerson for Murphy two years too soon. Like, Murphy's better now because Yalmerson's retired and Murphy's a pretty good player. But, like, Murphy didn't help you win in 2018 like Yalmerson would have, and you could have kept it going. And, th- and then when Yalmerson retires, then you worry about replacing him. And maybe Ian Mitchell would have been able to walk into a better opportunity and be a number six instead of a number three. Like, you know, it's just what has gone on with this team with decision-making has been disgusting in the last two to three years and for a long time before that with Stan Bowman in particular. But it's just not a good way to run your business, to like slap your customers in the face like that. And like, we're the customers, we're the ones turning on the games, we're the ones that want to hear Ed Olchek. And if the Hawks aren't playing anybody interesting, I might tune into the Kraken game instead, right? Like I'm a Devils fan. I watch every Devils game no matter what. But, you know, when I'm picking my other teams to watch because I adore hockey, sometimes the ones that are more interesting than to watch are the ones that I click. And those are the ones that we're going to talk about on the show. And I just would like to hear like a, a pretty long winded answer from you on like the state of this team and where you are. Well, I'm always going to be a Blackhawks fan. I'm going to watch all the games as many as I can. Right. No matter what, I don't care if they have zero points next year and they go, Oh, and 82, I'm going to watch them. I'm going to live and die with them. That's just, that's just the way it goes. Um, I'm just a little disappointed with everything that's going on. The way I, I want to try and look at things is like things can't get any worse than they have been. It just can't. I mean, literally, they lost everything. The The last thing that they could lose is Taves and Kane, which that just – if you just want to rip my heart out of my chest, you're just going to do it. Um, by losing them, obviously, I, I – it's just hard for me because I, I look up to the Hawks, right? I, they're, they're my favorite sports team on any sport. So it just seeing everything that's been going on with them has just been heartbreaking. And, and like we said, Eddie Olchek was a big part of this team. And I'm going to always tune in despite who it is um, announcing the games. I just it, It's just a lot to wrap my head around, a lot of information that's been coming out. I want them to see them be successful more than anyone on this planet. And – the way, the way the state of this team is going is that they're just going to be terrible. And even when they're terrible, you'd have like other things to look up to. And there's really nothing else to look up to right now. Um, besides watching Tate and Kane play, that's going to put a smile on my face. We'll see how long they'll be with the organization. But I, I just, I don't really, there's not a ton I, I, I could say. It's just, it's just been miserable. I mean, I'm hoping that 
this draft was a big upside to them. We'll see where the young guys go. Um, I do look forward to watching the Hawks young guys play this season. That That's a big part of what I'm looking forward to seeing the Blackhawks do this year is all these young guys playing, even if they suck. Just seeing the skill and what these young guys in the future the team could bring to the Blackhawks, that'll be a plus to watch. Um, I'm going to try and give them the benefit of the doubt when it comes to their commentating team. I'm going to try and love it. Um, Like I said, I'm going to ride and die with this team no matter what. There'll be bad times. We're going to go through a lot of bad times. But when you're at rock bottom, all you could do is go up from here. So I'm looking forward ahead to the good times. There'll be good times. We're in dark times right now, but there'll be good times ahead. I know there will. Let me ask you this. We're in March, mid-March, late March, early April. The Blackhawks, Philly, Arizona, all separated by like a point or two for last place in the league. Are we starting to root for the other team with Connor Bedard on our mind? Here's what I'll say. I never want the Hawks to lose any game. I never want them to tank. I don't I don't agree with tanking. I hate the idea of purposely losing because I hate losing. I could be playing tic-tac-toe and I'll lose. And players I'll are never purposely losing. The organizations are. I Yeah, I don't care who is. I'm saying I could lose a game of tic-tac-toe and I'll be pissed because I, I just – I don't agree with any organization agreeing to lose. But if they were to fall and the other teams were winning, I have no problem rooting for the Flyers if they were one point away from the the Blackhawks. Um, Because that really doesn't affect, like, if the Flyers win, it has no negative effect on the Hawks. Like, I don't hate the organization. If anything, them winning would help the Hawks. I think they have a really good chance of getting Bedard this year. They're, they're like, I think they're going to be one of the worst teams in the league. They might finish dead last, to be honest. I'd say, go ahead and say they might be the worst team in the league. I don't know. The Coyotes, though, they're going to be pretty bad. Um, I think you could, you could pray for the Coyotes. You could root for the Coyotes. I don't think anything's going to help that organization right now. But what if they get a little juice from playing in the college yeah. stadium? Though? But I, I don't and know. They win a couple games just on pure testosterone and man juice. I mean, it's possible. I mean, and if that's what it comes to, and I have to root for the Coyotes, then yeah, because last place or 29th place, there's no difference. The only difference is you got an extra chance to win the lottery. But as far as like your moral. Like, oh, I finished 29th. I'm sad. I'm just as sad if they finish 29th or 32nd. I will still have that same rotten feeling in my chest, that same depressed feeling in my body, no matter if they're last or fourth to last, whatever. So to answer your question, probably, I'd yeah, I'd probably be rooting for the Flyers at that point because I'd have nothing else to lose. Yeah, I mean, I agree. And but I, I don't want to see them lose, though. That's the thing. I don't want to give off that impression that I want to see the Hawks lose. Yeah. If you come in dead last, because the lottery is only two picks now, there's a big three in the draft, right? Bedard is the big one. You need to win the lottery to get Bedard. But Fantilli and Mitchkov are both sick. They both would have went one this year. No question about it. There would have been no debate at the top of the draft. If you come in dead last, you at worst. You're getting one of the third. 
because two teams from below you could come up. I think the tank this year is going to be hilarious because remember when McDavid and Eichel were at the top of the draft and only one draft lottery winner. So whoever came in dead last was guaranteed. Eichel. It's kind of a similar situation that's going to happen this year. And you never know what happens from October to let's say January or February when scouts really start looking at this stuff. And that's when a player out of nowhere could come up and become like a top three guy. And then if you're the Hawks, like in a position, you can start making decisions and they're going to be very bad this year. I'm not sure how long Patrick Kane stays on the team. He'll probably start the year with the team. We'll see how long that sticks. Um, I've heard from people. I believe that teams don't even want tapes at 50%. And I believe that's the max you can retain. Um, and it makes sense. Taves isn't a $5 million player anymore. So he's certainly not a $10 million player. Um, I love Taves. He's one of the greatest captains in NHL history, but we're not looking on hockey DB anymore. We're looking at the 2022, 23 season for the future. And the only thing that could happen with Taves, I think the Hawks are going to be a very one line team. I've only seen Taves and Kane play together one full season. And it was, the year where Taves had like 82 points, they were like pretty good. They missed the playoffs, but those two had really good years. Um, Taves played with Kane that year. Um, I have a feeling this year they're going to play together. That's just my prediction. They're going to be a one-line team. They'll put Domi on the left wing, and they'll have Taves and Kane be the centers. Tyler Johnson will be the second-line center. They'll put freaking – Andreas Athanasiu on the penalty kill, and he'll have a couple shorthanded goals that are pretty. But, like, for the most part, it's going to be a one-line team. That could up Taves' trade value if he has 15, 20 goals at the deadline because Patrick Kane and Max Domi – or Patrick Kane made him look good. Same thing could be said about Max Domi. He's kind of been on the decline a little bit the last couple years. Even though he's not old by any means, he should be much better than he is. Um, he might be valuable by playing on a line with Taves and Kane to start the year. So I think you could trade all three of them and get a lot for them. And the Blackhawks can really have like a top organization in terms of prospect and draft pick depth. I mean, they made 11 picks this year and it was a weak draft. So what are they going to do next year? I just, I think the team is in a very bad spot right now, but they are in position to get themselves out of it because of the assets that they currently still have. And Patrick Kane is obviously the biggest one. The The biggest issue for me is Seth Jones. I love Seth Jones. I'd take him on the Devils. You know, he, he's a good player. What did he have, 50-something points from the back end last year? Knows how to run a power play, big, kind of mean. He's, he's a good player. His nine-and-a-half sheets for the next eight years kicks in on October 1st. That is tough. That's a tough one to swallow. So yeah. that to me is the biggest thing. If they, I bet they would trade him for a seventh round pick if they could. <laughs> you think so? Yes, I do. And they gave up fucking Boquist for him. Boquist sucks too. I hate Boquist. Yeah, Boquist sucks. Jesper Boquist is awesome, but Adam Boquist sucks. Um. It's like saying Alex Nylander and William Nylander. William Nylander is awesome. Um, the, oh, the first-round pick. that That's the hard thing to swallow for Seth Jones was the first-round pick. I forget who Columbus took. Um, 
who did Columbus take with the Hawks pick? It was a good player. This year. And, oh, and that's part of the reason I think like they're going to be better sooner than people think. They added another top 10 pick because of the Seth Jones trade, along with getting Goudreau and all sorts of stuff, Kent Johnson. But I don't know. The Hawks, it's going to be interesting with Seth Jones there making nine sheets a year on a rebuilding team. He's got to be like, what the H? I went from playing for Tortorella and that team was going nowhere. Now I'm on the Hawks. I mean, I don't know. What do you think? I mean, we'll we'll see. I mean, yeah, nine and a half half a million is tough pill to swallow. But um, I do think that I don't know. I think the Hawks could turn it around sooner rather than later. I hope so. I hope it doesn't take too long because it it's just it's really depressing watching just a team stink. Um, so I'm 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 just hoping that maybe there's a miracle in the works here, something. Two separate rankings I want to get from you. Okay. And just just be honest. Don't use your heart. Just be honest. I want you to rank the five Chicago teams in the NHL, NBA, MLB, and NFL right now by where they're at this year. In terms of how successful I think they'd be? Yeah, how successful they are. Coming this new year, you're saying so, like the Bears coming into this year, the Bulls coming into next season, yeah, right? and the, the Hawks coming into next 2023. But the Cubs and White Sox right now, okay, and then, and then the other teams for this upcoming year, yeah, okay. I'd have Bulls one, White Sox two. Cubs three, Bears four, uh, Blackhawks five. It's probably what I go with. I would flip the White Sox and the Bulls, and I completely agree with you. Really? The only reason I'm bullish on the Bulls, because, no pun intended, Alonzo Ball. They can't win without him. Yeah, but are they going to get rid? I don't think they're going to. No, he's hurt. He's injured, right? He's hurt, and they keep pushing back his timeline. And yeah, they're like, no, no, this is actually a little more serious than we thought. They're just, it's very weird. And he's not training with the Bulls and the Bulls keep sending their off court officials to LA to like check on them. It's, it's just, I the, the White Sox have been meh. Yeah. They've been really good lately though. Since, but I, since June uh, 2nd, they're second in the league and run scored and oh, like they're on, they're on pace for 90 wins from June 2nd on. The Bulls had a great season last year. I think they're only going to do better. That's why I have them at one. They they did. They just fell off so hard at the end, though. They, they did. They went like nine and twenty in their last thirty games. That, that's bad. It was bad. That's bad. That's why. That's why the White Sox are a little more on the come up. Where I think the Bulls are just kind of like flat right now. The White um, Sox got to worry about making the postseason, though. They're yeah, not in they, the playoff you, spot right now. You saw it, Rivers. They have a higher odds to win the world, or not Rivers, Grand Gee. Victoria. They have a higher odd to win the World Series than the Minnesota Twins, who they trail. And they just took three or four from, and everyone's getting healthy. That's the only reason I put the White Sox one. So my second question is, though, and I'm a little biased, where would you rank them in terms of their future from least bleak to bleakest? What do you mean least bleak? Like, who has the longest way to go to become a good team? Okay. So, number one, you want me to be the longest way to go? No, the shortest. Okay. 
Like if a team is a championship contender, they're number one. All right. It might not change. Really? I think the Bulls are going to win a championship sooner rather than later, more than any of these Chicago teams. Oh, wow. Um, I think they need a super-duper star. I think it's coming. I heard some rumors. Oh, Kevin Durant is going to – I mean I, – I, I don't know. I mean, I thought we were getting Rudy Gobert, which would have been insane. Defensive player of the year. Yeah, I, don't, I, I mean, he's not the superstar you need, but, I mean, I, I – we'll see. I think they're really – I don't think the list is going to change, to be honest with you. I would fully I would say the White Sox have the second best chance to win a championship. Success in the future. And then the Cubs. I like the Cubs prospects. They got some I would, really gonna, I would for future, I would flip the Cubs and the Bears. Really? I just the Bears just I don't know about the Bears, man. No, I'm saying I think the Cubs have a brighter future. Right. So they would be ahead because it's the shortest. Yeah. We oh. agree. Yeah. I would drop the Bears a slot in terms of a future. Well, I had the Bears fourth on both lists. Oh, okay, okay. So we have the same list for both except flipping the top two. Yeah. I just think the White Sox are going to do something. They have to. They're not going to trade for Soto. They can't. Nobody can. Soto might go to the Mariners. They can. They might go. We'll to talk about that in period three. I, I I have a couple teams that I think he can go to. Neither Chicago team is one of them. But if they can get Judge, because you're not trading for Judge, if Jerry Reinsdorf, for once in his goddamn life, at ninety something years old, can pull out three hundred million dollars, which he can, and throw it at Aaron Judge, that I think would put the White Sox over the edge. It would, but I think you're grasping it. I don't think he's going to do it. No, I don't either, but it, it's a better chance than Soto. Oh, Soto yeah. you have to trade for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't have what it – you would have to trade Robert, and that would be redundant to me. Right. Because to win the World Series, you need Robert and Soto. Right. Like, I, I just think it would be so redundant to trade Robert for Soto. Like, people talk about it like it's – like, yeah, Soto's better than Robert. He's better than everyone. The only player who might be better is Otani. Be only because I would take Trout for one year over Soto, but Soto's Soto's younger than you. Yeah, he is. By two years. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, like we play bags. He's the best player in the world. <laughs> like, I don't know. Soto's a different animal. I would I would throw the bag at Judge, though. But, well, yeah, it's definitely interesting. The, the, the reason I asked this question, though, is the Hawks and dead last on both lists. Yeah. Future and present, that's that's never where it's you want to be. Just yeah, no, biased. I know. The Hawks are my second favorite I'd be, squad. I'd be honest with you, though. Team. If you ask me this every year, it, it'll change. I'll be. Oh, of course it'll change. I do think the Bulls, though, they're, that's going to be the next championship coming to Chicago. Yeah. You know my problem with, like, the White Sox playing a dog shit division. What do the Bulls need to beat Milwaukee? What do the Bulls need to beat Boston? What do the Bulls need to beat Miami? Right now, they're so far back of those teams that I think it would take Ball being healthy and getting like a super duper. They might get somebody big. We'll see. Wouldn't it be funny if like in the twilight of his career when he's still like a top 10 player but not the best player anymore, 
LeBron James came to Chicago just to play for the same team that Michael Jordan played for. Anthony Davis is coming to the Bulls eventually. Is Anthony Davis what we want anymore, though? I'd take him now. I don't think he's coming now, but I would take him right now. He's from Chicago. I mean, I heard rumors that Kyrie's going to the Lakers. That would piss me off in ways. I think that's not a good thing. Just like Westbrook going there wasn't a good thing. I don't think Kyrie going there. Okay, well, West Kyrie Irving's not Westbrook. I know, but it's just it's not good. Just his vibes. No, he's got awful vibes. Him and Ben Simmons. Worst vibes in sports. Yeah, I don't like the vibes. It just wouldn't be good for the Lakers. It's just no. not. I mean, this season was a probably a bigger disaster for the Lakers than any like basketball season you. I've seen. Westbrook. No, I know, I know. And it did. You started really getting into basketball though when he sucked. I know. Maybe that's like, just I remember when he was a top ten player. Yeah, it's just maybe it's unfortunate for me that I just started following it when he's didn't just he, yeah. Didn't he become the first? I want to say it was like three or four years ago. He became the first player in NBA history or in X amount of years. I don't remember exactly, but he averaged a triple double for the whole season. That is unbelievable. It's hard to average a double double. Just times guy's... you get older, times move on. It's yeah, and then you fuck Frankie and gambling. No, no, it, it just has nothing. It just nine next week. He throws bricks up in the air, like little bricks. I know, I know. He sucks. You know what this conversation would fit in with? What's that? The whatever you want period, known as period. Number three. Welcome to period three of Bar Down Talking Hockey slash Bar Down Talking Sandwiches slash Bar Down Talking Hot Dogs slash Bar Down Talking Basketball with Frank Mueller. I'm Vinny Parisi. Frank, over the last couple days, we've experienced the home run derby where our beloved Juan Soto took home the title. The All-Star Game, where for the ninth straight time, my American League defeated your National League. Although, you were rooting for the American League because you like the Mariners more than the Cubs. I'm always a Cubs guy. I'm a Cubs guy. <laughs> um, but, let's start with the Home Run Derby. Pujols got a big upset win over Kyle. I was shocked. The Cardinals. <laughs> listen, shocked. whenever something Cardinals related is going up against something Cubs related, you take the Cardinals. Okay. I'm trying to teach you that. I know you're a better gambler than me. I know you're the gambling guy. I'm a noob. But I know my storylines when I see them. Of course, Albert Pujols beat Kyle Schwarber in the first round. That, to me, was the lock of the century. I would have taken him at plus a billion. I would have taken him with one arm. Go ahead. Home run derby chatter. Yeah, I mean... I know who you want to talk about. Oh, yeah. Um, Pujols, though. That was just – he got lucky. He got lucky that Kyle Schwarber stunk. Kyle Schwarber is a great home run hitter. He's just not built for this format. You get what I'm saying? He, he packs a lot of power. He, he just won care. it. Huh? He almost won it in 2018. I don't care. It's just It's just he's not playing against the guys that are in it now. He wasn't playing against Juan Soto or Julio Rodriguez. He's playing against Muffins back in the day. 
but he's just not built for this format. He's got a lot of power. He's slow. He doesn't got a lot of endurance or stamina or whatever. It just, it just doesn't fit him. I was shot. I mean, he barely was going to beat Albert Pujols and the fact that he couldn't even beat Albert Pujols, that's just kind of embarrassing, but. I thought that if Albert Pujols got to the finals, Julio Rodriguez would have destroyed him. Yeah, of course. I just think I just think it's funny that the guy who had the longest odds and it was the biggest upset in home run derby history, Pujols beating Schwarber. I think I can say with a fair amount of confidence, and I mean this statement that I'm about to say, not a single player on either home run derby side or either all-star game roster will hit as many career home runs as Albert Pujols. That's fair. None. That's fair. Not a single one. How many did he have total? In his career? Yeah. He currently is sitting at 680 something. He'll break 700. He's going to play until he gets 700. (laughs) And then if you get to that point, you might as well try and hit another 14 more and pass George Herman Babe Ruth, but that's just me. Babe Ruth's the all-time leader, right? Incorrect. Babe Ruth is third. I don't know who the all-time is. So I, I'm asking. The all-time home run champion is Barry Lamar Bonds. How many? He hit 764, and he passed Henry Aaron, who is at 755. Who broke George yeah. Herman Babe Ruth's record in the seventies or whatever year it was when he was with the Braves? And then I believe A Rod is fourth with six ninety something, which you would have had to drag me off of the baseball field if I was in the nineties. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like you would have to literally shoot me with a freaking stun gun or a taser to get me to retire if i'm in the 690s you close your eyes and swing that bat and hope you run into one play for one of the worst teams in the league just to try and sell tickets yeah yeah maybe i'll break 800 no shot i know (laughs) i i think like mike trout's not even close to break any of those records. I'm trying to think of who's yet like Juan Soto. Julio will do it. Yeah, That's my guy. Like Juan Soto's 23. He's probably got 200 something home runs. So I guess he could, but man, hitting, hitting 500 home runs in the next 15 years is a tall. That's tough. That's tough. Like I, I think in order to break Barry's record, you would have to have, 200 home runs in your first four seasons you'd have to go you'd have to start with 50s right in your rookie year and like judge hit 50 in his rookie year but he was an older rookie he took fucking 10 years in the minors to like be good enough to get called up to the majors then once he hit to the got to the majors at 25 years old it was off and running but judge was nothing short of a late bloomer now he's one of the best in the league but yeah no shot the best home run hitter since Pujols is Giancarlo Stanton, and I don't even think he's at 500 yet. He'll yeah, probably get wild. to 500. It's wild. Yeah, it's a tall task, and that's just why I think it's so funny. Like that's the guy we all think is has a zero percent chance of winning. The guy with 680 something home runs. Well, I mean, he's older now. It's 
he doesn't have as much. No. I mean, you remember playing backyard baseball back in the day? Yeah. He's in the game. I know. He's the only active player left by like a lot. All the rest of them are long. But as you get older, you just don't have that power to just. Oh, yeah. No, he's the worst player in it by far now. Um, yeah. He was in it for the show. I did love Julio's uh, run. He made Talk about Julio. Talk he about was Julio. 32 homers in the first round. It, it looked like Bam. he was just untouchable. And at first, he kind of started out a little slow. And then that after the timeout, and he got that minute of bonus time, it was just boom, boom, boom. It was. I was like, are you kidding me? Because no rookies ever won the home run derby. So I thought this was the year. It just fell short. Round two, 31 home runs. That was impressive, too. I was like, all right, this dude, he's going to take it all. But the kryptonite. The thing that hurt him the most is not getting the 30 additional seconds of bonus time in the final round. Yep. If he did, I honestly think he would have done it. Yeah, because it's all about getting on a roll. It's like, you know when you play that basketball game at like Dave and Buster's or something? Yeah. And you just start. I, I find that once I hit like three in a row, I, I like start to get like 10, 11, 12. Yeah. And then you miss one and then you miss three straight. Like. It's just, it's all about getting on a roll. And I don't know. I I thought Juan Soto had a chance going in. I actually thought Peter Alonzo was going to three-peat. That's so hard. He, I know. He seems to, like, have a strategy, though. Like, he dogs it in the first round. Like, he hits just enough in the first round. And I listen, my one of my favorite baseball podcasts right now is Starting Nine. And it's hosted by Jake Arietta, former Chicago Cubs World Series champion, Cy Young Award winner, All-Star, and Carl, which is just the funniest dynamic of all time because one of them is just like a neighborhood guy who like has a mustache, and the other is Jake Arietta, who's like an MLB former superstar. He's very big league. And Carl asked him, like, hey, does the home run derby actually take as much out of you as people say it does? Is this a wise tale? And Jake was like, no, man. It's like playing three full games. And so the fact that Peter Alonzo has this like crazy strategy where he like, you know, he does the bare minimum in each round and like that helps him win. I actually like hearing that. I do think he's going to win another one in his career. He's already a home run derby legend. Oh, yeah. I think the record's three, right? All time. Yeah. Who did it? Did Junior do it? There's only one player, I think. Right. Uh, I feel like you would have remembered Junior, though, if you saw it. It wasn't Junior. Was it Ken Griffey? No. Ken Griffey is junior. Oh, is that who you're talking about? Yeah. I think it is then. Oh, yeah. Maybe I knew I knew it. I knew he was like I in the conversation. Because he was he's, in the, the audience. He's a home run derby champion for sure. Um, that, that should be your next legend jersey. Like you'll probably get a Rodriguez Mariners jersey first. Oh, yeah. Probably. But like a junior Mariners jersey is awesome. I think Dylan has one. I want to say, yeah, I'm pretty sure Dylan has a junior Mariners jersey, and he wears it somewhat frequently. So Vin, the All-Star game was great. What do you think of the actual game itself? Remind me to tell you something. I, I got breaking news, but we'll wait a sec. Is it breaking news like sports-related? No, food-related, but remind oh, me okay. after we're done with this. But okay. it's like it's like sad like breaking news. So. Oh, boy. Um, what, what did you ask me now? Something about the All-Star game? Or, I forgot what you said. I was just mind-boggled with this news I got. I see it. I did. Oh, you saw? Yeah. 
Talk about the All-Star game while I cry. <laughs> the All-Star game, I only actually watched half of it. I thought the NL, the NL got up to a 2-0 lead, which was incredible. Goldie with the home run. Um, and then things just went downhill. Stanton. Did you see the picture of Stanton with the ball? The ball was bent. In the I middle. know. Oh, my God. The ball was crushed. I like. I stared at that picture for five minutes. Like just, didn't take I just a step. stood there looking at it. It was all arms. Imagine if he took a step. He did it all arms. He's I a freak. Just, I'm still thinking of it right now. It's just in awe. Like that ball was gone. I thought it was hitting a car in the parking lot. For sure. Speaking of all arms. And another reason why I think Julio did so good in the home run derby was, did you see the the motion? His pitcher head was just, he wasn't even lifting. He was just throwing. Yeah. Like he, he wasn't even like lifting a leg or anything. He just mm -hmm. didn't move. He was in that flow. But Stanton just crushed that ball. And and that was it. It was a 3-2 lead. Um, somebody hit a homer right after Stanton, right? Byron Buxton. Byron Buxton. I, I thought that's who it was. And then that was it. And then the rest of the game was just a pitcher duel, pitching duel. Then I don't know. I, I only got to watch half of it. Was it, it to me? It was kind of boring because there wasn't a lot of action after that point. Well, I love pitching, and you know that's my favorite part of baseball. But I had a thing. There's this restaurant in Des Plaines, Illinois, called Beacon Tap, and for the home run derby you were able to pick one of the eight players in the home run derby. And if you picked right, you get a $10 gift card. Well, what? I picked Peter Alonzo and I had Katie pick Kyle Schwarber. Those were the two guys who I had as the favorite. Where was this at? This was this bar slash restaurant called Beacon. Oh, you and had then, to be in person, right? No, it was online. You should have told me. <laughs> I, it was all happened so fast. You only, We were out to dinner, and yeah, it happened so fast. I would have lost anyway. But. Beacon, Beacon does stuff like this frequently, so I'll always keep you in the loop going forward. But I had an epiphany, because me and Katie did Alonzo and Schwarber like the night before, right? And then I had an epiphany. I was like, I kind of think Juan Soto has a chance to win. Like, he's about to get traded. He's pissed off. You know, bad terms with Washington. So I had my mom put Peter Alonzo or put Juan Soto and he freaking won. So VP got a gift card. It gets better. The next day they did the same thing for the MVP of the 2022 major league baseball all-star game. You go from having eight options to 58 options, literally. Yeah. And I started thinking to myself, who is going to be the MVP of this freaking game? It's never going to be a pitcher. So that eliminates half of each roster. A guy who comes in and hits like a pinch hit grand slam would probably be the only way like a bench player could get it. So I started looking at the starting lineups of each team. I'm an American League guy. I'm always going to, you know, veer towards the American League. Right now, my three favorite teams are the White Sox, the Red Sox, and the Orioles. My third favorite team rotates every year. Last year, it was the Rays because I was obsessed with Glasnow. He is out this year. Right now, I'm rooting for the Orioles as my third favorite team. They're fun. 
okay, American League. I look at the thing. I'm like, the National League team is loaded with lefties that are sick. Kershaw, Gonsolin, right? Like, Gonsolin's a lefty, isn't he? Yeah. And Giancarlo Stanton. They're all going to be throwing meatballs. Like, not meatballs, but, like, they're not going to be throwing 100, except for that one asshole on the Cardinals. Oh, through 103. Um, This just felt like a good matchup for Giancarlo Stanton because every single person coming in was somebody that favored what he does well against. And I'm like, I'm going to pick Giancarlo Stanton for that reason. He's going to be one of the only players on the team that gets two at-bats. And then he hits one to Pluto with a runner on. Wins MVP. VP won gift cards on back-to-back days. Let's go. That's nuts. Isn't that funny? That is. I like that idea, the whole gift card thing. Yeah, it's cool. So shout out Beacon Tap, Despite Illinois. I'm coming for your dollar tacos. I'm coming for them, baby. 10 tacos. 20, technically. Yeah, I'm probably going to order five, see if I can eat them all, and then – if I'm still hungry, get more. And they they make a good Coca-Cola there too. That's always been my like highest praise of Beacon Tap. They make they got a good Coke fountain there. So do you just want to get the news of this I'm restaurant? Sure. I don't even want to talk about it. Listen, I know, I know Tom's we in the We mentioned chat. it today. We I mentioned think. the place I know. today. I know. When we literally mentioned it by like are the name of our favorite burger there. That is just man. Go ahead. We're going, right? Oh, I, I am for sure. I mean, it's like, it's yeah, a, I am, yeah. like, cause it's the last time ever. So well, um, we're, we're planning something. I want a group chat started tonight. Tom, I know you're watching. We have to a group chat. Let's go get it started. We're yeah. We come back from Wisconsin on Wednesday. I'm telling you, I'm not busy Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I, no, I'm, not, I'm going to the Sox game Friday, but. You know, I'm trying to say here, guys, I'm trying to get some Bulldogs. Maybe we could go back, watch some baseball after. Let's do it. So, for those of you that don't know, but if you've tuned in for the whole show, early on before period number one, we were just shooting the shit about some hot dogs, and it led to some other foods. And I mentioned the Scarlett Johansson burger because I said, if you haven't tried cream cheese on a burger, you got to try it. And that's like, it's one of my favorite burgers. Well, that burger is from this place in... Wakanda called Bulldogs. And I just got the most terrible, terrible news that Bulldogs is closing permanently at the end of July. Vin, what do you got to say? It's just so sad. Like I'm reading the reasons why. What is the reasons why? I all I know is that they're closing. I don't got any further information. Uh the cost of food is very expensive in the year of our Lord and Savior 2022. Um, finding help to work is very difficult. And not, not bulldogs, that bulldogs. No, right. it's not the chain bulldogs. It's like a special bulldogs, like burger place. It's like a little, it's like a little shack, is the best way to describe it. It's like and a diner. Yeah, cost of cost of food, um, worker shortages, and lingering effects of the pandemic have made it too difficult for them to maintain their business. That's. And they were packed when we were there. That's heartbroken. Oh, we're going for sure. Damn. I will not not have at least one more Scarlett Johansson burger. I might take one to go. 
I, you're smart. I might do the same thing. Just ask for the cream cheese on the side or something. I mean, if there's a light out of this whole situation, it's hard to make light of the situation, but there is this place in Barrington called Twisted Burger, and it's like the sister of Bulldogs. Like they have the same menu items, but they're just called something else. Do you oh, get it? Yeah. Twisted so Scarlett Johansson Burger is probably it's like a cream cheese burger. The Scarlett Johansson like Burger name. there is called Black Widow. Oh. It's called Black Widow. Stuff like that. Okay. And it has cream cheese, the jalapenos. It's the same thing. I think they're affiliated in some way. Are they closed? They're not closed. I don't think they're closing. So if that's a plus side, there's the Barrington one where it's sort of similar, but it's it's just not bulldog. We don't have that same atmosphere. Yeah, it's the atmosphere. It's the it's the show tunes playing out right. of the speaker, like right above my head, where I can't even speak to you from across the table. Like uh, that part part of that is just comforting. It's comforting. and like when you look up at the ceiling, it's got past burgers on the ceiling. Of like, yeah, that's like the ceiling Hall of Fame. Yeah, that's tough. I want to get out one more time. When uh, end of the month? Shit, it's already July twentieth. Yeah, you got eleven days, bud. Oh shit! All right, but um, I'm coming on the thirtieth. It's not that. It's not the thirtieth. No, I know, I know. I'm not coming on the thirtieth, but <laughs> shit, you guys might see me and Katie on a random weeknight. I mean, we. I'm not it's normally sure. a Friday or a Saturday. It might be a Wednesday or some shit this time, or like, or like <laughs> next Thursday or something. Yeah, like, I'm serious because yeah. Wednesdays are always tough. But like, we're going there for sure. No man, I, I have to have that burger. I don't care. It's I, I got to. Yeah, I mean, I'm maybe, like really heartbroken. Maybe a burger Big Brother night. Big Brother is on Thursday. That it's was and that's, that's the next thing that we were going to talk about here. Wednesday, Thursday, Sunday. You knew it's on three days, right? Yeah, and I wanted to complain about it. No, don't complain. No, it's bullshit. It's it should incredible. be three straight days. It should be three straight days. It's been like this for eternity. I don't care. I, that's Adapt like or die. Adapt or die. Let's not have football on Sunday, Monday, Thursday. It should be Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. No, because there, no, because there is football. There's Thursday night football to like kick off the football week, and then Friday night lights, Saturday's college, no. NFL Sunday, Monday night football. Football is perfect. Football yeah, is perfect. Big brother, being on, Big brother being on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday would be so much better because then I would have three straight days. But of, you know the reason why they do it. You have to have it like that. All right, lay, it lay a good – listen. All right. Never close-minded enough to not be able to change there's, my there's opinion. There's a reason. So, about so many things in life. I'm not against doing it one more time. I might mind-blown you, mind you, whatever I'm trying to say. Blow your mind <laughs> from – my next statement. Katie probably knows this. But so Big Brother, obviously, there's nobody, there's like no host in the house. You know that. You see Julie yeah. outside the house. There's like cameras on at all times, 24-7. Yeah, you right? can watch the live feed. That's what I was gonna say. So you know that you know that the live feeds they move to Paramount Plus. So at any point of the day, I could log on right now if I had Paramount Plus and I could go watch the live feeds for an hour on and, and see them chatting and stuff. 
I don't like that personally because then it spoils what happens. I know who won certain things. It's like stupid. Like I want to watch the show and like, you know what I mean? Yeah, they're fun to watch it like right after the episode. There are people that live and die by the live feeds. Like I, I follow a bunch of people that just, there are live feed fanatics. There's an audience for it, right? That's why they do it. So Thursday is always the eviction night, okay? Every Thursday is always the eviction night, except for some reason there was something going on this week. They said, what? It... <laughs> <laughs> She's getting mad that I'm trying to change her big brother. Um, so comp- so evictions are always on Thursday. That like ends the week. Okay. Kind of like a football season. Thursday starts the week. Well, Thursday kind of ends the week for big brother. Um, Sunday. Because they need time in the house to talk, create the little bit of drama, get information. If you had it day after day, you wouldn't get all the stuff that we see. Sundays like the nominations. So when you win HOH on Thursday, you got a couple days to sit on who you're going to nominate, right? Even though nominations don't happen live on Sunday, but you, you know, it doesn't happen right away. You just can't go boom, 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 or yeah. you know, the content that you have. So you got to have a little spaced out. They'll air the nomination Sunday. Then when you're on the block as a nominee, Wednesday's episode is Vito. And who knows when Vito gets played out. That might be played out like Monday or Tuesday because that's also not live. But you have to have it spaced out. Otherwise, that's how like you create drama and you create like these little like you plant seeds in people's heads. And like that's how like there's twist and the house gets flipped upside down because you have time to like sit on certain things. You know what I mean? So you you need that time. I totally get it. That makes complete sense. All I was saying was it's you watch the episode on Sunday and you're like, I have to go Monday and Tuesday with nothing. It's tough. And then on Wednesday, I get it. And then when you wake up on Thursday, you're like, man, I really wish there was some big. Wait a minute. It is tonight again. Like it's sick. It's like one after another. That's the only reason I was like, I look big brother is my favorite show of all time. I look forward to it every year. I've been watching it for, I believe, 14 years now because it's only on once a year. Yeah. Every summer it's on. I've been watching it for 14 years. Um, I, I'm, I'm in love with it. Something So apparently something happened on the live feeds. I didn't see um, I didn't see it. Like I said, I don't watch the live feeds, but I heard. So you know how I think her name's Justine. What's her name? Jazz, Jazz? Jasmine. Yeah, Jasmine. 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 The one who, like, are you caught up? Yeah, I'm caught up. The one who hurt her leg. You're the one who like snapped her leg or yeah. she fell off. Yeah. So unathletic queen. Apparently, <laughs> something happened where somebody in the house, and I don't know who this is. I know we got a lot of Big Brother fans watching, so they could look it up. KDG, whoever. Somebody had to wipe her ass for her. <laughs> so this happened, and. All the big brother Twitter was like, yeah. I still can't get over the fact that so and so, I think it might have been Alyssa, had to wipe uh Jasmine's ass. Or, and that that's all I've been seeing. Nicole, Nicole, Nicole wiped her ass. That's I don't know how, funny. like, because she's got a problem with her foot, you know. Yeah, you gotta save her now. You can't nominate her. like she has to be just off she, the chopping. She bothers me. I don't like her. If someone if someone wiped my ass for me, I would feel in debt to you. Yeah. You want to you want to get on my good side? Wipe my ass for me. I mean, oh my god, that's the hilarious! Twist of the season. That is the funniest that thing is, I've ever seen. That was, that's funny. 
But no, that competition was unfair in my opinion. Why? Because the only is it supposed only, to be fair? The only unathletic people that won were also going against other unathletic people. If you had an ounce yeah, of athleticism and like like I would beat most people in that. And I'm not even like the most athletic. But it's random. I know, I know. So that's just the way the cards fell, you know? Like I just felt bad when like any of the women that clearly don't care about sports or anything like that were going up against like one of the jacked dudes. Like, dude, <laughs> like some a- people though want to throw a competition and not necessarily win it too. There's a lot of strategy involved here. That's that's true. Cause like maybe this isn't a good week to be the head of house because of the fact that so many people have like nasty blood on their hands from the first week. And then did you see when she dropped the keys, the nomination keys? Yeah. I felt so bad. I laughed my ass off. It was funny, but I felt bad. I was like, there it goes. And she just looks and everybody's like, and by the way, Pooch is the biggest moron in the house. Yeah. He's a dummy. You don't offer yourself on the block ever. That's like big brother rule. One Oh one. That's like thinking one rule. That's like thinking you get an advantage in a playoff series by losing the first two. Yeah. Like <laughs> just so you could go home to win. Yeah, the next year or something. you go yeah. home angry. It will be better if we go home angry. That's like a thing in Big Brother. They call it like, oh, I'll just be a pawn, right? But pawns go home. That's like the main thing of Big Brother. Like people know if you're a super fan, if you watch it year after year, that's like the main thing people talk about is pawns go home. And Pooch walks in is like, I, I watch Big Brother. It's good to be a pawn. Everyone, no, he's a moron. He he needs to get out of here. I I don't like him. I mean, he's fine. He seems like a cool dude. I feel like I'd vibe with him in real life, but I mean, come on. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious what he means by that. Uh, he'd rather be on my bad side as opposed to who? <laughs> like, There are plenty of people who have <laughs> way nicer bad sides than me. Uh, what, yeah, I don't know. I don't... Uh, that's always easy to say when you're on my good side, Tom. <laughs> No, I don't know. Like, would he rather be on my bad side than Joey's bad side? Then, like, yeah, I would agree. Because Joey will just Joey will just pretend you don't exist if you're on his bad side. Like, I I get mushy quickly. My goal is to be on Big Brother one day. Yeah, you'd have to leave for three months, though. I know, I'm, but I I'm very well aware. Trust me, I'm I've made an audition tape before. Oh, Frankie's Frankie's letting I'm, it all out now, telling everybody his deepest, darkest secret. It's not a deep, dark secret. I, my goal is to either be on Survivor or Big Brother. That's like one of my main goals. Oh, I get what he's saying now. He'd rather be on my bad <laughs> side than wipe my ass. Like he doesn't want to get on my good graces by wiping my <laughs> ass. Like, yeah. No, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> Especially after Time Out or Taco Bell. Oh my god! <laughs> or like, after, or after uh, Bulldogs, Scarlett Johansson burger. Yeah, she twisted her leg. She didn't break her hands. Why can't she wipe her ass? That just seems like an excuse. That, yeah, that's true. Oh, that's gamesmanship, Frank. I don't know. Maybe it's like maybe I could get in good graces. Yeah, like, yeah, that. yeah. That's gamesmanship. You don't. Yeah, if you twist your ankle, she sprained her ankle. She didn't get shot. If I sprained my ankle, I would wipe my ass perfectly fine. I would be fine. Me too. I mean, she Me was going too. on that like wheelie 
thingy with like one knee, but that she could still wipe her ass. We're not gonna see it. They're not gonna show that, obviously, like that scene, probably. But I'm just I want to know the context of why it had to happen. Yeah, because she's perfectly too. capable of doing it. So you don't think they'll show her wiping her ass for us? Well, no, I'm I'm not. Obviously, they wouldn't show that, but they might like allude to it, like, "Oh, where's Nicole? Oh, she's she's in the bathroom. She had to like. I don't even know if they'll mention it. We'll see." But that's even hilarious. Yeah, we're getting complaints that her foot touched the ground on. The I rock. thought I thought it did too. There were a couple times I thought it did, like for other people. Like I thought there was many times where it happened to people, but that's Big Brother or Big Brother. Brother. I actually think I imitate the guy quite well. Not the best. That, see, that's why when I do it to Tony, that's where it comes from. Big Brother. <laughs> yeah, that's where we get it from. Oh man! It and then if just... you noticed, did you notice when Tony wished me a happy birthday on Facebook? He goes, "Happy birthday, little brother," and he put it in all caps. <laughs> that's funny honestly if i were on the show i mean i'm not a super fan yet i don't know all the intricacies yet but i'm a quick learner because i called paloma going home like three episodes prior because i told katie that something was going to happen where one of those three backstage people were gonna end up being the ones who go home and i i think she was going home even if she didn't leave I agree. I'm being dead serious. I agree. Because she lied about Taylor. Everyone hates Taylor right now, and Taylor did nothing wrong. I know. It's a lot of drama and lying. That's, that's She did yeah. nothing wrong. I know. I felt bad for her. Yeah. I'm I'm team Taylor right now. Now, the way she's, like, handling it is kind of rubbing me off a little bit. But, like, eh, I don't know. I, I also think uh, Mr. Elvis impersonator got lucky as shit. Yeah, he did. That she left on her own because nobody's really given him too much shit. The only one who has him as a target right now is the other super fan, nerdy dweeb kid. I like him, Michael. Michael, Michael. It's not that I I don't like him. He's just, he's the only one with a target on the Elvis guy. I forget his name. Daniel. Daniel. I'm starting Um, to learn names now. What a name. It takes a couple. uh... Takes couple, a couple episodes, but couple, two tree ups to learn the names. Yeah, I get that. That's what it's like when I watch Hell's Kitchen too. Uh-huh. Like oh, it takes a couple two two tree weeks to remember everyone's name, but I, I'm starting to get most of them down. I'm glad you watch it. It's fun. It is fun. fun. I like the competitions, and I like that it's over the summer. I'm a one sport athlete over the summer. Yeah, you know when hockey, baseball, and football are gone, or when hockey, basketball, and football are gone, and it's just baseball. Eventually, the baseball's done, and you don't have anything else to do. Like, you'll like it. If you continue to watch it, you'll like it. Yeah, and they just added every episode of Yu-Gi-Oh! to Netflix. I, I saw that, that, that too. I've seen every season but five. Yeah. Yeah, that's good stuff right there. Um, so hockey's dead until September. Um, we still managed to have a two-hour show, plus, because we still got a little bit left to go. Um, is there anything else? that you want to talk about before we that other thing food wise i have written down here i'm going to save that for next week because when i wrote it down i didn't know it was national hot dog day today that's fair um is there anything else so hint hint tune in next week to episode number 69 to hear about all that um 
Is there any literally anything else that you want to go over really quick before we head on to America's favorite segment of the week? Well, we uh, we finished Miss Marvel because that was last Wednesday. The finale was last Wednesday. It was a pretty good finale. I really liked the ending. The ending, uh, when you get to like, I don't know if it was the end of the episode or the end credit scene. I think it was the end credits scene. It was, that sets up the future of the Marvel Universe. That was really good. Um, okay. I know you haven't watched it yet. I would watch it as soon as you can. It's a, it's a great show. I was very uh, intrigued by this whole Miss Marvel concept. And I still have to watch Thor. Um, yeah, me too. I was actually going to ask you about that because I have some free time over the next two nights. And I think it'd be... Maybe a Friday? Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking Friday's a really good day. For I'm it. open Friday. That yeah, I think, I think Friday's a really real possibility. We got to see Thor. We have to. I'm in for Friday. There's one person named JP we got to make sure it is. And if not, we I might get time. Yeah, all right. Well, we'll look into Friday. Because obviously it'd be on the later side because I know JP won't get home till later. Yeah, what, whatever works. I'll do a late show on Friday. I mean, the White Sox play the Guardians, so I'll be locked in on that too. Ooh, speaking of that, good thing you mentioned that. And you know how I've been following the Mariners a lot. Yeah. Um, the, the next series for the Mar- Mariners is huge. It's against Houston. Oh, yeah. And that starts Friday. So when you yeah. said that. And, you know, I'm excited. Tomorrow, the Yankees play the Astros in a doubleheader. Yeah. And that's that's exciting, too, because they're just going to boo each other and stuff. I so. the Yankees destroy them. Yeah, I agree. I completely agree. So that's what we got. Frankie and I will probably have seen Thor together by next show. So if you haven't okay. seen Thor yet and you're in the chat, make sure you do by next Wednesday so you can join in on the conversation. Um, yeah, that's all I got. I really think it's a great time to send us over to America's favorite segment of the week, Breaking Bets. You think that danger is going to knock. I am the danger. I am the one who knocks. Did you see um, Walter White was in the celebrity softball? Yep. And then he struck out on a bad call, and I literally thought he was going to kill the umpire. Was he, he mad? I didn't watch it. He like was fake mad, but when, he, when Brian Cranston yells, it sounds like Walter White yelling, naturally. And it, it just gives me, gave me Breaking Bad vibes. I was like, oh, I don't know if I would ring up Brian Cranston. I think I'd let him walk to first base no and, matter what. And JoJo Siwa hit an in park, inside the park home I run. I saw there. that too. I saw that too. Um, yep. Good but here stuff. we are. We're here at a Breaking Bets. It's a little weird because there's no baseball. So VP really wanted to. Worst day of the year. Vinny wanted me to really think outside the box on this one, right? But you can't fool me. You can't fool me. I came up with something. Uh, th- you'll, you'll actually probably like this concept because there were. I was looking. There's odds on which teams will make the playoffs. So I took three that were fairly good value to make it or not make it. 
So we're going to start off with the Twins. Both yes and no were minus 115. So you had no advantage either way on if they'd make it or not. I think they're going to make the playoffs. So yes to the Twins making the playoffs at minus 115. Um, they've been bad lately, which is a little scary. They're like 3-7 and seven in their last 10. But I just, I don't know, for them to fall that far out of it, they're in the division spot right now, I just don't see it. I, if you have yes or no, either way, the same odds, and they're already in a division spot, I'm just going to take the yes because, I'm I, to me, I have more of a chance to be right in this situation. I think when you have the same value on either side, I'm just going to go whatever makes sense. So I think, yes, the Twins to make the playoffs just makes the most sense in my opinion. Um, the second bet I got, is the Phillies not to make a playoffs. They're in a playoff spot right now, and them not to make the playoffs is plus 100. I think they're going to fall off a cliff in the second half of the season. I don't without Harper for for whatever the time being, I just I think they're have a fluke right now with being in that playoff spot. They got some injuries. I I just think they're going to fall off and not making the playoffs at plus 100 is very intriguing. Um and then the last one, the Giants to make the playoffs, plus 125. They're also not in a playoff spot, but they've been playing well, and they're only a half game out of the wild card. So it's just hard to picture the Giants not in the postseason just because of how well they've been over the past decade. And I just – their roster, I really like their roster. It's not – they don't have, obviously, the greatest – as great as they did last year, but I think they're very capable of making the playoffs. And the fact that – Plus 125 to make the playoffs is something I could see fairly happening in the second half of this uh, regular season and getting in there. Because if you make the wild card, you made the playoffs. That counts. So I, I think uh, I think the, the Giants are going to make the playoffs at plus 125. So Twins, yes, minus 115. Phillies, no, at plus 100. And Giants, yes, at plus 125. That's what I have for this week. I actually really like that. I hope the Giants make it. They're probably my favorite National League team. Um, Carlos Rodon is my guy. I will always be a big Los guy. Um, yeah, I really like that. It's it's an interesting time in baseball because I don't think the World Series champion is as obvious as people think it is. I think – I mean, two of the last three World Series champions were – 500 or below at the all-star break and i'm not like trying to like overshadow my white Sox opinion i do think it's very possible they go on a run and become like a world series level team in the second half and go on a run in the playoffs that is absolutely possible their rotation is muy bueno their worst starter is johnny cueto and he's awesome he is awesome yeah and yeah lance lynn is actually you know how i feel about him but yeah, you're wrong, and you know you've been proven wrong so far this season. And, I mean, he basically hasn't had a – I think he's had a quality start every game since you said that. And the, the, it was the one bad game against the Blue Jays, I remember. And then, oh, he had a bad start against the Cubs too, and that was the one that like really pissed me off because you can't have a bad start against the Cubs. But Lance Lynn has actually been their worst starter. And if he figures it out, you have a one through five. And then once the playoffs roll around, you go one through four, and you could turn Lance Lynn or Johnny Cueto into what the White Sox, diehard White Sox fans might remember Al Duque 
Al Duque was their fifth starter in 2005. And it was Mark Burley, John Garland, Freddie Garcia, Jose Contreras, Al Duque. And when you become a four-man rotation in the playoffs, a lot of teams either leave that fifth guy off the roster or they put him in the bullpen. The Cubs left John Lackey off the roster. The White Sox moved Al Duque into the bullpen and left someone else off the roster. And that could happen this year. We've seen teams do it time and time again. So, you know, make sure you listen to Crosstown Crosstalk tomorrow at 2 p.m. I'm pretty much going to sit here by myself and go over what happened at the Home Run Derby and the All-Star Game in full depth. And I'm actually very excited about it. And I'll be making a guest appearance on the Lockdown White Sox podcast with friend of the program, Nick Morosky. Very excited about all that. I hope everybody follows along on Twitter and tunes in. The Barroom Network's heating up, baby. I heard some things about this, this thing where like some great stuff was happening. I took a couple screenshots so I can remember to express it properly. Hold the phone for just a second here. Um, no, I just have a couple things. Um Obviously, fantasy football goon is going to be returning soon where Joe Mandel is going to be going over all things fantasy football. It's definitely something to tune into if you want to learn about your actives, your inactives, start them, sit them, all sorts of great stuff when it comes to fantasy football. Science Fiction went over the finale of Obi-Wan Kenobi yesterday with Joe as a guest, and it was just unbelievable. The South Burbs Hitman every Monday night talking Chicago White Sox baseball. I know basketball is in the offseason, but the barroom will be fully invested once the NBA season starts coming back up. The Mike North advantage is coming back when the NFL season resumes, so that's going to be a lot of fun here in Mike North. Root harder for the Pittsburgh Steelers than he does the Chicago Bears because he's a big Mitch guy, and that's going to be a lot of fun. So the, this network's got a lot of fun programming for everybody to tune into. It's free to listen to. You can always enjoy it, and we have a good time bringing it to you. So. Frank, is there anything you got to say before we head on out of here? Hope you guys all have a good week. Thanks for tuning in. That was a very lot to watch Big Brother. I can't wait to watch Big Brother. Yeah, I can't wait to watch Big Brother either. I'm not watching it live, but I'm assuming I will watch it tonight. Is my best guess that I will get home and watch it tonight. There are no sports. Today is the only day of the calendar year that does not have an NFL. NBA, NHL, or NFL game. That is it. It's like that three months of COVID where there was nothing. That's today. Now imagine having another 99 of them ahead of you. That was a nightmare. That was just a disgusting nightmare. I remember I I like ranked like White Sox pitchers from the 1980 decade. Like that 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 was my content. During that time. And I still had my job at Panera, so I wasn't fully invested in it financially. But, like, it was really hard to do this job during that time. And today I have all my content already scheduled out ahead of time. So everybody can check it out at Southside Showdown, at DeWindy City, and at Pucks and Pitchforks, where we talk New Jersey Devils hockey. Frankie's got everything going downtown with the video game scene at apptrigger.com. Make sure you're clicking on all that stuff. And I saw a couple things about um, what's that game, Cuphead, that you had the post about the Pirates game. 
I think looks really fun. So all sorts of stuff that you're posting, I'm reading, I'm watching, I'm getting ready for a fall of video games. I've been saying it for a couple months that I'm going to get back into video games as hardcore as I once was. Pretty much before this hockey season, I was really into it again. And then I kind of fell off a little bit. I go in spurts. I love Nintendo Switch. Um, so I'll be back in on that at some point when I get my three TV set up back going again, too. That's going to be when the real action starts. So I can't wait to read all the articles on stuff that you're pumping out with in terms of that game. I actually, an article's coming out. I thought this was really cool. I don't know when it'll be out. Probably within the next day or two. It's, there's this YouTuber. I mean, I know you like Halo. I love Halo. This YouTuber is doing a challenge, right? Nobody in the world ever has ever completed this challenge. He is giving $20,000 away to the first person that completes this challenge. It has to be streamed. You have to beat Halo 2's campaign on Legendary with 13 of the 14 skulls turned on. The only skull you can't have turned on is Envy because Envy is the only skull that doesn't make the game harder for you. The other 13 do. If you complete Halo 2's Legendary campaign with those 13 of 14 skulls on and you can't die once. It has to be a no-death run. Nobody has ever done it before. Um, there are only two people that this guy said he's ever seen get past the first level who's streamed at him, done it, and then they died like four and a half hours in, and then you have to restart from the first level because there's no deaths. He's giving away $20,000 to the first person that does it. I will be writing an article on it because it is very intriguing. I've never seen anything like this. Skylar knows Lasso, which stands for Legendary All Skulls On. It's very tough to do. And Halo 2 is by far known, widely known as, the hardest campaign to complete on Legendary. So that's why it's happening in Halo 2. So if you're interested, if any gamer's watching that's interested in doing it, go ahead, try it. Got to stream it. Twitch, YouTube, wherever you can stream it, try to stream it. Let's see what you got. $20,000 is up for grabs. That's not going to happen. Nobody in the world has ever done that. That's like Elon. And it was Elon Musk. What asshole, what rich asshole is offering like a million dollars to whoever makes a perfect March Madness bracket? Warren Buffett. Not going to happen. Thanks, Warren Buffett. You're real generous with your money, giving away a million (laughs) dollars to whoever completes a perfect March Madness bracket, even though there are 13,600,669 possible combinations in a March Madness bracket, and literally none of them ever happen. No shot. You don't think anybody's going to do it? If someone does it, I want to be notified, and I'm going to invite them on this podcast. I will get a video game guest. We could. We're going to get a video game guest, except we're going to tell them that they come on at 3.30, and we're going to make sure we're in the third period by then, and we're going to end the show with them. I could dabble around. I could see what I could do. If you want. Do it. That'd be fun for the summer. I would probably say not next week because there might be like heavy hockey news. But when we're in like August and I'm looking at my watch and I'm going three weeks till rookies show up, two weeks till rookies show up. I don't know what the hell we're going to talk about. There's no cream cheese Scarlett Johansson burger to talk about anymore. 
you know, that that might be like a really good time. And I want to have Mike Haranik on too from the Devil Wears Prada. He's a friend oh, of the yeah. Wasn't he on once? He was yeah. on once and he agreed yeah. to come on again. So we're working on yeah, that right sure. now. He, that might be next week. Okay. So that that's in the works. Been emailing back and forth with him. Man, I love the Devil Wears Prada. Um, so hopefully that's able to come to fruition again. I like that guy. Local guy, kind of. He also like has relationships with the Columbus Blue Jackets, so I'm interested to hear his take yeah, about hockey sure. going there. So we'll see what happens. But that's our show. I hope everybody enjoyed listening to all the different sorts of shenanigans that went on. It wasn't like a typical informative show outside of maybe the beginning of the first period, but for the most part, it was just us having a crap ton of fun. And, man, when two people who like each other get together and talk for two hours and 20 minutes and it still doesn't feel like enough, that's how you know you got a good thing going. And I can't thank you enough for that. I can't wait for next Wednesday already. It's going to be a great time. Um, To everybody in the chat, Katie, Tom, G, Skyler, Scox, literally everyone. If I missed your name, I'm sorry. I'm not going to name every single person, but I love you all equally. Um, it's definitely a fun time, and I hope everybody enjoyed it a lot. I agree. So for at Frankie or at the King Bean on Twitter, that's Frank Mueller. I'm at Vinny Parisi on Twitter. As always, thank you for listening.